So good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you're listening to this. This is Matt Wheelie alongside my critic and in crime, Carmelina. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, yeah, and this is another episode of BBB Radio. And uh, today we have quite a lot to talk about, right? You know, this, well, oh. November has officially started. So that means, you know, just albums to catch up on, movies to check up on, TV to, get to, to, to catch up on, right? Uh, but as far as movies go, we only have one to talk about. That would be Five Nights at Freddy's. Um, right. We were supposed to talk about it last week before the Halloween weekend, if you want to call it that. But uh, we didn't get the time, unfortunately, right? So, yeah, we'll just do a review of it and try to remember what we saw. Yeah, which is a pretty much an indication of, you know, the tone of what this uh, review will be, right? Uh, yeah. I will also do a couple of... Um, you know, music reviews. And we'll also talk about some TV shows as well and a trailer, right? Sure. A trailer, if anything, right? So don't waste any time. Let's jump into the music stuff. So um this this will be sort of like a He's Wise special, right? Because if you remember, I covered the He's Wise project, which was the collaborative um record between uh New Jersey rapper Heezy Hines and, you know, San Fernando rapper Mike Wise, right? Who's whose work I've been covering for quite some time now, right? Uh, but you know, there was this particular EP that, um, Heezy put out a while back, uh, I should say last year to be precise, called Table Talk, right? And I didn't get around to, to, you know, giving it a listen. So, you know, I was like, all right, let me just give it a few spins and whatnot. Uh, cause the, the, the one project that I really want to talk about here is Mike Wise's new album, which is called The Degree of Difficulty, right? So, right. yeah. I'll keep this EP review kind of short and sweet, right? Just giving, you know, general thoughts on it, right? Um, it's mixed and mastered by Mike, uh, by Mike Wise, right? Um, it features, uh, well, six tracks, actually. Um, the first, well, one of which is a song that I already covered. That would be Payback, right? Um, that was, you know, off of the Dirty Pages um, album, you know, which I covered, right. you know, when that came out. And for me, this was my introduction to, to Heasy, right? And I was really impressed by his, uh, his his wordplay and his flow in particular. He just has a way of rhyming and just rhyming in time with the beat. And, you know, just that flow that he has, it just, it just works so well, right? And listening to it now, I could really understand why Mike considers his verse on this track as, you know, one of the best that he's ever written, right? So that, that that's okay. really dope. Um, but yeah, you know, we pretty much get um, six tracks here. You know, the first one being Cliffhanger, um, which has this sort of smooth, jazzy, nocturnal instrumental. Um, it's actually like my favorite beat on this EP, right? Um, it just It's just so smooth, right? Um, and in just like roughly a minute and six seconds, He's, he just packs so much high quality bars into it to the point that you literally have to re-listen to it numerous, numerous times to pick up on everything that he does, right? And then of course, you know, just knowing his lyrical dexterity, yeah, he just flows over this shit so well, man. So, you know, great track, right? right? Um, up next we have um, Don't Forget. Um, this is produced by um, Tuano. I forgot to mention the um, the producer of Cliffhanger is Solus, right? First time I hear about this, this individual, right? 
But yeah, Tuano, I've mentioned that before with my Exit Wounds review. He was the producer. I'm assuming that he, he is a producer who did the beat for More Confusion. Um, and like that particular track, it has this pitch shifted vocal as a drive in sample for, you know, pretty much this mellow production, right? Um, and, you know, similar to Exit Wounds, um, you know, he's, he is rapping about his life experiences and, you know, just pretty much how they've influenced his everyday life now, right? Um, especially right. the bad stuff that happened in his life, right? Um, he also does this thing throughout this whole EP where he'll mention serial killers for some reasons. Like on the first track, he says Voorhees. And this is what he calls himself, Heezy Morgan, you know, as a reference to Dexter Morgan. You know, it's, it's kind of weird how he does that. But yeah, that was, that was pretty dope, right? Um, I mentioned Payback before. So after that one, we have Tyrants, which has probably the most nostalgic beat on this EP, right? Because it has this sort of 70s soul, black exploitation kind of vibe to it, right? Um, right. I really, really dug the instrumentation for this, right? Um, but despite how soulful and smooth that 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 song is, um, he's, he just goes into some dark territory because, you know, similar to Ex Wounds, he's always talking about, like, battling, you know, his inner demons and, you know, just trying to keep them at bay. He does not want them to come out into the light, so to speak, right? Um, and he also does a little shout-out to, well, you know, well, then alive um, Bray Wyatt, right? He calls himself Heezy Wyatt, right? right? Um, up next, we have, well, I should say the penult- penultimate track is Talk. Um, this was, this actually was released as a single. And I actually remember hearing this because, yeah, Mike Wise himself, I believe, tagged me. I believe he tagged you on it, on it, uh, on it, sorry, when it came out last year. Um, uh, but I didn't know that it was part of this EP here, right? But yeah, right. technically, this is the first He's Wise song to be released as a single. Okay. Yeah, it's just the two of them more or less just doing their thing. Um, I, I, I just love the, the, just the, the, that's the format of it, basically. It's just this really smooth beat uh, produced by PK. And it's just each MC just, you know, spitting some in, in, impeccable flows, man, you know? Um, and even at the end, you know, he's, he says, um, you stated another fact earlier. He's wise, right? So he's he pro, uh, more or less saying this is what, um, you know, this is what Mike said, you know, during his verse too. So it's like, ah, okay. So right. this is like the beginning of, you know, of, of this dynamic duo, right? Um, which, you know, technically it, it, you could say it started with payback, but you could say talk is technically the first, again, the first he's wise, you know, um, single that we've ever gotten, right? right? Last but not least, we have The Table, which is produced by The Outbreaks. Um, these were, well, I should say, this or these, were, you know, was the producer who um, worked on the track Evocation, right, off of Exit Wounds. Um, Outbreaks delivers this rousing instrumental, and it has a brief bit of pitch-shifted vocals that, you know, it helps give the EP this sort of, like, triumphant and climactic feel to its conclusion, right? And right. in this case here, you know, similar to Exit Wounds again, you know, he's confronting his demons, you know, he's acknowledging how they've affected his life and his decision-making, and, you know, he's trying to be a better person, you know, so he's always, like, fighting them, right? So, yeah, it's, it's a really, like, um, again, a rousing way to, to end this project, right? And yeah, just as a whole, just finishing up this quick um, review here. Yeah, solid EP, man. And I would say, if you've never heard um, uh, Heezy, you know, um, before, if, if you've never listened to Heezy song before, um, if you if you're not on, if, if if you haven't checked out Exit Wounds as yet, which you absolutely should, because yeah, I, I think that it is a great um, record, right? Yeah, I would say you know give this um, Table Talk EP a listen, man. So for me, rating wise. Nice. I'm just going to give this a decent, a strong three and a half out of five, man. Yeah, solid, solid business here, man. So give it a listen. Um, it's on YouTube. 
I think probably it's on other platforms, but I checked on um, Spotify. It's not there. Exit Wounds is there, but a Table Talk isn't there. Um, I do hope that um, Heezy does upload it to, um, to Spotify at some point in time because, yeah, right. I mean, yeah, more people should really like be aware of it, right? And, and check it out, man. So, yeah, if you haven't, yeah, give it a listen. So, with your help, Ricardo, um, I, I would love to talk about The Degree of Difficulty, which is the newest oh. album from Mike Wise. This is actually like the third project he's put out. Uh, first one being He's Wise, as I mentioned before. This was his collaborative album with um, Heezy Hines. Second one being Mad Scene, where he collaborated with Rook Beats. Um, you know, right. He did all the beats for all the production, sorry, on that project, right? And yeah, I I I pretty much dug both of those. Um, he's wise in in, in particular is yeah. in my is in my top you know um I should say best of uh well albums you know um that have ch- albums list sorry that I've checked out for the year. Um, and same right. thing goes for for Martin as well. You know, I I really enjoyed both of those, right? But with the, with this album here, the degree the degree sorry of of difficulty, right? Um, forgive me if I say decree at some point in time in this review, right? Sorry, right? Um. I had to sit down and really take this in, but I really had to let this thing soak in, right? So before I jump into the track by track review of this, right? Um, and of course, I'll ask you for some assistance, Ricardo, right? Yeah, um, I imagine like like many people, you know, I just listened to it once, you know, just kind of just taking in the album. I'm not really like listening to it, like really taking in every single thing that's going on, but just like kind of yeah. hearing it flow and whatnot, right? And the moment it ended, I was like, all right, I like this, but I know there's something going on here. There's something else is going on here, right? And with the more listens that I gave this, the more I pick up on what was really going on, right? So I'll jump yep. into that in a bit. Um, of course, you know, there were two, there, there were a couple of singles, you know, prior to this album's release that I did hear. So first one being um, Spiral. So I'll get to that later yep. on. And the second one being Chainstorm. That actually has a video fit, right? And I'll also talk about that as well. So yeah, uh, this album is produced entirely by this German producer by the name of Boga. Um, I I had to I had to go up on IG and pretty much find this guy, but yeah, he is he is indeed German and he did um produce right. the entirety of this, right? So um, I also I also should mention too, right? So you know because it's us, we got a um an advanced copy of it, right? I don't want to call it a leak because it's not online, but yeah, we got okay. an advanced copy of it, right? But the thing is, the, the sequencing for the first two tracks were a little bit different. Well, first, um, I should say the second and third were, were pretty much switched now, right? Because, yeah, okay. I, I went on Spotify now and, you know, the track two and three that we were exposed to earlier on were switched, right? So I will more or less review it as the Spotify version, right? So um, just, just getting that out the way, right? So um, intro, we have an intro called Endure. Um, it's a 40-second intro. Um, Boga's okay. beat has the 70s black exploitation vibe to it. Um, it has these soulful guitars. It has this organ in the background. And for me, like the opening lines are rather striking to me because he says, I endure, I have learned to enjoy what I endure. And that right. pretty much sets up the, the theme of this album here, right? And after the spoken word intro of sorts, uh, Mike drops four bars, uh, which pretty much sets the tone of the record, right? And in, in a nutshell, it's just pretty much talking about how hard he's willing to work and how much he's willing to endure to live the life that he deserves, right? Um, okay. Through this medium called rap, right? So 
with with the with the advanced copy that we had, um, the track that that comes next was the Wii. And I actually thought that would have made for like a great like opening song, but actually on the Spotify version, it's make statement, right? So what I'll right. do, I'll just talk about make statement and then the way, and then I'll just ask for your thoughts on you know those three tracks, right? Well, including the intro, right? So make statement, right? Um, so this for me is probably like the first time I've ever heard Mike, you know, pretty much rap over um, a beat that has DJ scratches, right? So, um, which I'm right. assuming were performed by Boga himself, right? And, yeah. <laughs> and points for him choosing a Bounty Killer sample, right? You know, if you remember Bounty Killer's work from the 2000s, yeah. you know, he always used to call himself the Warlord, right? And if you listen to the track itself, yeah, it has a, it has, and even with the beat itself, with the horns, it has yeah. sort of like a, like a military kind of vibe to it. Like, you know, you're going out to war basically with it, right? Right. Um, and the beat itself sounds excellent though, right? You know, it's very tense. It just kind of gets you pumped, right? And that's how, you know, the body killer cuts come in and the hook sounds fantastic to me, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so pretty much Mike does something that he has explored before in, in other tracks, right? But in this case, we're just off the fools, fools alone though. He just does this skillful dissection of capitalism and its influence on the third world in particular, right? Well, the world, but more right. the third world, right? Um, and just how we are influenced, how, how we become part of our lifestyle and, and culture, right? Um, the second verse in particular is reminiscent to what he did on the track Watch It Burn off of Dirty Pages, right? You know, yeah, right, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, right? That That's how the hook goes, right? Yeah, where Mike pretty much executes his master plan of just bringing down this capitalist system, right? Um, he also drops, for me, one of the album's most memorable couplets. Chose to be an orator of what they visibly did. How can I claim to be woke if I ain't lifting the lids? Right. I mean, I mean, right? I mean, that, 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 <laughs> I mean, right? <laughs> I, it, it takes me, take me a little while. It's like, wait, oh, eyelids, right, right. Ah, you see? Yes, 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 yeah. exactly, right? Um, yeah. The beat alone is enough to keep your head nodding from start to end, yeah. though. But yeah, yeah, for me, this is one of the most thought-provoking tracks on this record, right? So up yeah. next, we have The Way. Um, this, for me, is what I thought was the opening song, but whatever. Um, and Boga comes through with this downcast, but it has a slight hopefulness to it. Um, boom, map, um, synthesizer-driven beat, right? Um, the opening bars are, cl- are quite clever for me because Mike is pretty much talking about he wants to live the right of way. You know, but living the right of way can still get you strike to the ambulance come right away, right? That's how he yeah. opens the song, right? Um I like that. Just, just metaphorically, it's like crossing a street, right? You know, you cross the street, you take your avenue right away because, yeah, you cross the street again from one point to the next, right? But a guy in a, in a car, in a vehicle could be like, no, I have the right away and he might just speed and feel like he owned the road and he knock you down, right? Um, right. I like how he just kind of uses that just to kind of set things up, right? So he just kind of expands his metaphor and he's more or less talking about the fear of, you know, what happened if you get hit or, you know, just the fear of like a a quick death or a slow one, right? If you're lucky to survive, right? Um, and he goes even deeper, right? And, you know, it's, it's stuff that he's touched on before, uh, in particular, like what he did off of uh, Heat 6 Eat, right? I'll bring that up in right. the end of my review, right? Um, you know, with medication and, you know, that's how it's supposedly supposed to, to treat mental conditions or disease, but it could give you more worse side effects and whatnot, right? Um, right. The second verse now really goes further and where it's, it's pretty much his character portrait that he does here, right? Because, yeah, he's just talking about, well, you know, this thing happened to me. I was on on my, on my way towards my dreams and then, boom, something bad happened and I'm, I'm you know, left for dead, so to speak, right? But I'm right. alive yeah. now. 
And now, you know, uh, I'm addicted to these drugs, you know, these, this medication here that's supposed to make me feel better. Uh, my family turned my back on me because of the addiction. And there's even a moment where you realize, oh, you know, he's out in the street now and people quick to pull out their phones and whatnot because, yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's a madman. He's, he's being labeled a madman when he vents out to the world about how he's feeling, right? Um, he even does a nice little Tribe Called Quest, you know, reference where he says, but I'm trotting along alone then. It's hard not having a tribe when you're dwelling on the low end. Right? right. I love that, yeah, right? right. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, you know, it ends with him pretty much realizing how important his rap skills are because yeah, if he does not make him make them work for him, he may end up, you know, dying, right? Or, you know, worse, right? So he says, you know, finding myself behind bars an obvious chapter, making the most of these bars something I probably should master, right? The third verse, however, is the most hard hitting because you know this character kind of ponders on what he will do, you know, because all all the second verse pretty much ends is that he's arrested, right? This character that he's portraying here gets arrested, right? Yep. But now he's about to be released. But now you see these fears of you know being manifested as so what will happen to him when he's released now. So oh, yeah, it's um it's like what is um oh gosh, he fellow hang himself in Namu. Um, um what show was that? Gosh. Yeah, yeah, uh sure. Shank Redemption. Oh, right, right. Yes, yes, yes. Right. I, I forgot about that. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Um, and I like how he frames it, you know, like bars, right? So he said, you know, prison bars and, you know, the bars, right? Like lyrically, right? And I yeah. just love how he just sort of juxtaposes like the future of this social degenerate, if you will, and this washed up rapper, right? Until you realize right. that they actually want and the same, right? So it's yeah. pretty much the mistakes that he made in the past now are going to be remembered by people who see this guy in the present, right? And even worse when he's dead, right? Um, and even in the end, though, like the, the last line in particular is probably one of the most haunting lines of heard in a song all year where he says, even after I'm gone, what they go, what they gonna be selling is myself, right? So that right. that really really hits deep, right? So in short, it's pretty much this cautionary tale and a, a, this character study. We could tell that this is what Mike does not want to be. He does not want to go all in on his dreams now, and then they don't work out, and then you know he just kind of loses himself to some sort of addiction, and then he becomes some sort of like washed up rapper or some kind of social degenerate. So you could kind of see the kind of paranoia, and the fear. You know what I mean? Like this is this is not this is what I don't want to be, right? And he's just putting it out there on the song here. So it's it's a sobering listen though, but it really yeah. really does hit. It really does connect to, um, especially with me, right? So Ricardo, your thoughts on the intro? Endure, uh, mix statement, and the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah solid, solid, and in, in, um, pull, pull through it. Yeah, the tribe called Quest Line. I remember that. Uh, it didn't hype. It, the album didn't hype me up until then. But I really love that. Oh, that first I endure stuff, which I really felt he could have do verses on that. Uh, because that, that stuff was solid for me. Like I was really enjoying uh, uh that 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 material. But yeah, these first two tracks really powerful. And I realized how really surprisingly personal this album is. Um, much yes. More, much, mm. They, they, they have obviously to focus a lot on that because there's a track a couple tracks that coming up that I guess I could not believe he actually do it's like oh that real surprised me deep though um uh, and I want to talk, well it it gonna uh, one of the tracks actually gonna make my best of the year given our general team involving two other things and I'd like to talk about, I'd like that he addressed this in the thing but that coming up later uh but yeah solid 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 start to the album for me yeah 
And yeah, for me, I I, I love the way like like the way is yeah. is just a fantastic song though. But it's just how it goes so deep into this whole fear and paranoia. Like you know, again, this yeah. is not. This, I don't want to be this person, right? So it's like that. Yeah. Um. So up next, we get codes, right? So like after the whole right. dreary ex- existential nature of the way, we get this significantly significantly lighter laid back song, right? With codes, right? Right. Um, I I really do um dig the the sax melodies, especially one yeah, that pops is, up on the hook. This is my second favorite track on the album. Okay, okay, uh, okay, nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. don't let the upbeat vibe of it fool you, right? You know, because Mike is still determined to make his craft work for him, look one yeah. way or the other, right? Um, how he opens the song is great, right? So he says, "I illustrate just to fill a plate. I need to eat. Not to hear my job was well done. A lot." I, a lot is at stake. Bring my cake, not yep. a minute late. It really ain't shit to waste. These funds can never dissipate. Um, yep. I know, by the way, just in terms of that first, first, that interfeat line at the end. All right, Mike, yep. I, I, I see you. I see you. I see what yep. you did there. I see what you did there. That was cool. <laughs> um, and on the second verse, you know, he talks about, you know, certain individuals who, who are quick to, to call Mike's, um, you know, just, outlet right to express himself a joke right and then well rappers will yep. treat you know the art of rap as a joke right but yeah you know he and he also kind of admits near the end that you know um he kind of uses alcohol as his coping mechanism right um right. you know because yeah he's 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 concerned he's wondering if he's on the right partner so you know he kind of uses that to numb the pain right but he kind of catches himself as like you know what i have to be very careful i, I can't succumb myself to that right so yeah you know this despite the, the dark nature of the of the um lyrics themselves um yeah i mean the the, the beat itself is just so smooth and laid back to yes. us again that I, sucks, I, though, I, I love I, it sucks yeah that sucks just yeah i mean you know i buy a saucy jazz so yeah like a, all jazzy mic wise is his best mic wise <laughs> so yeah you can't go wrong with that jazzy track like that it's like yeah well, yeah but you made with this one yeah, uh, yeah. This this real time. This one, as I say, this is my second favorite. Right, and and if there yeah. is to be a video for it, um, I just picturing like I don't know some kind of like jazz, well, like some jazz club or something that he does there, like you, you know. There, there, there is a video. There is a song that is seems to be tailored to both of us. That's coming up. I <laughs> know. Definitely, <laughs> they could totally we could make a video for. Me. Oh I don't boy. have a video picture. Oh boy. You know, that kind of cliche approaching video. Um, but yeah, yeah. we'll see. Yeah, when yeah, when we, it comes up, you know, we we know where it is, right? But we'll get to that, right? Yeah. Um. I love quotes. I, I really like this track. That just that jazzy, just that jazzy approaches. Like yeah, can't go wrong with that. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. Um, up next we have Chain Storm, which is the second single from the album. Um, and this right. is the second track to incorporate these, you know, DJ scratches, right? right. Um, in this yeah. case, it incorporates two reworked Biggie samples, right? And yes. for me, this <laughs> is like this glorious boom bap bafes, and yes, yeah, an true. absolute highlight on this, right? Also, side yeah. note, side note, right? So this track's runtime is two minutes and twenty two seconds, right? I'm now wondering if this is supposed to be like the subconscious reference to Jay Z's twenty two twos. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just reading too much into it, right? But yeah, right, right. But anyway, but Boga's production is designed to just make you screw your face and just yeah. snap your yeah. neck to the thread. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Mike just goes all in on this, dude. Just all these razor sharp bars, right? And just a lot of punchlines and, you know, just, just rewind with his stuff. I'm not even going to quote anything here, right? Uh, but if right. you really, like, listen to it too, right? And in the context of the album as well, too. 
It kind of feels like a war cry as well, too, right? Like you can imagine, like, just yep. Mike going into battle with his track playing in the background, right? While he's just going out and just vanquishing fools, right? Whether, whether it's, you know, literal or figurative, right? But yeah, as you could tell, I fucks with this track. I love this, right? Yeah, so Ricardo, your thoughts on, on Chainstorm? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the track. Yeah, the biggie sample is like, all right, wood. Is that what we talk about? This is a real hard biggie sample, dude. Like, I can't go wrong with that. Uh, yeah, and this this is our track that stick with me. And not my favorite because I have other other bigger highlights. But yeah, this this one I, I, that's I was on heavy repeat. Right, right, right. So we gotta get we gotta get to to that to that thief t- um track in a bit, right? So up next we have Exalted, which uh, features right. S. Um, and he, he really kicks off the verse the the track. Sorry, with an impressive verse, right? Um, the way how he ends it's kind of hilarious. So he says, "Large and life size, me and Mike Wise gargantuan. Your bars are just bite size." <laughs> and yeah, how he just uh, stops the song, it's just funny to me, right? Um, uh-huh. the beat itself has this light airy tune to do and you hear like strings and organs just kind of popping up right just kind of giving yep. this sort of soft texture to the song right um and of course you know mike comes through with numerous quotes numerous brags in it as well too right and in a way like just thinking about it like especially the title of it and just how the beat sounds you can kind of imagine them just on this high pedestal just kind of looking down on their on their biggest critics right like look at you guys look at you peons right so yeah solid track really enjoy that right and then a track that Mike Wise himself, you know, told me that, you know, you and I, Ricardo, were going to enjoy and love real right. cinema. Right. This and is surprise, my surprise, second favorite we track. love this track. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is my second favorite track on the album. Okay. Not okay. So, so Codes, so Codes is it, it, your third favorite then? Right. But, but, but favorite coming up later. But uh, right. this, this sketch, but it's like, I thought, I thought this would be your favorite until I heard the other one. I'm like, alright. Okay. But this one, this one hard. This one it, like, it is, oh it shit. Is. And I, 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 it's like, oh yeah, right. Alright. And it just has two big, big cinema reference first for, for, for me and you, perfect tailor made. As I say, the, the, the nerd out um, film, film geek, and yeah, uh, you can get some good film geek who know all of the reference points because the obvious like video, if you're making a video for it, again, if we have the cash and the money and I can sit down and design it properly. Yeah, just to recreate, um, a, a shot and uh and and um, color correction and aesthetic mm. and and scenes from everything while it cutting through every lyric you know yes like seconds wise so it, it literally like flashing from every literally everything so all the nolan films he mentioned in the beginning then this other reference and then thing and then you know this course easy stuff and then uh and then how do you well how the song ends is brilliant as well right i, 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 like I agree boy because yeah, yeah that 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 final line boy when i hear that i was like yeah 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 but yeah, no, yeah. When, when the, that the, one the, hit me the, but the, the the song the song the song simply references as um they call it oh uh, yeah yes yeah, CC, right that famous that very 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 infamous uh and, and very controversial take he has which you know gets better with time you know somebody said of course he did wait a couple of years people are gonna be jumping up and cheering him uh right now Marvel really can't go through it now uh, yeah. But yeah <laughs> um yeah this is my favorite, second favorite track he just he just named all these great great movies in a row but cut it together so smart and yeah the beat hard too just, it like, is just, uh, that, that piano riff you can't go wrong yes 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 but yeah, yeah you you pretty much speak everything for me though I, I love this track though you know just 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 just, just as, a, as a cinephile though you know it, it's right up yeah. there right but you know yeah. of course it's not just I just spitting titles for the sake of it right no it's it's yeah. about how he 
he's framing it with his Judy. He's talking about his his come up. He's talking about how yep. he got into rap in the first place, and you know, because yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. like the opening verse, he says, "From inception, I was interstellar verses. Haha, yep. insomnia yep. from every dark night I spent to learn this. You know, what I mean, and he just right. keeps going yeah. and going and going. Yeah, let's drop drop about five what right? about five six Nolan movies right here. Yeah, <laughs> like ah, but that last bardo, trust me, yeah, like 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 yeah. like 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 if you're if you're a local creative, if, if you're a Trinidad creative. That will yeah. hit you. That will hit you. Trust me, yeah. right? But yeah, just just yeah. to touch quickly on the on the Scorsese thing, right? Because you know what the the conversation is, right? Um, I was kind of thinking about it in terms of like what um you know Mike's mission is, right? In terms of just um being this torchbearer of you know Trinidadian rap music, right? And I just right. kind of thinking about like how Scorsese says, you know, like I I just sort of like watch one movie, one Marvel movie, and I don't know, I just never like watch any others. I you know they like. You know, like it, 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 in other words, it's like are they art or products, right? That's how that's the, right, the, right. the debate being being asked here, right? Like the stuff that he makes, right? Um, is that a product or you know, or can you say or is art, or is it art, right? But can you right. say the same thing about a Marvel movie? Is it a product? It kind of is, but can you see it as right. as as I almost say high art? But can you see it as art as well, right? And I kind of see that as you know, just Mike himself sort of. Thinking yeah. about how other people will perceive what he's doing, you know, especially with his with this record and what he's doing in general, right? And, and like in, including including his place as a rapper. Like, agreed. Like he's clearly one of those those rappers who could have quote unquote sold out a long time ago, kind yeah. of thing. Though. Um, he clearly doesn't, you know. He, he, he really strives for well, at least I think so. Uh, not reading him in mind, but he does strive for uh, an authenticity that that does really work for him in his case. Exactly. Um, yeah. Especially especially us, us living in Sandu and knowing you know the realities of Sandu, San Fernando. Um, and him growing up in Sandu and all these little, you know, the, the, the conversations with him, we knowing him personally, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, it, it, it comes together really, really well. And the context of that Scorsese quote is great. It's Agreed, perfect, yeah. like a perfect, perfect little, little full stop on the whole thing. It's like, yeah, this is great, great, yeah. great track. Great, great track. And this is one last point I want to make about, about the Scorsese stuff, right? Um, also, you know, like him being so old and, you know, you, you know, you just watch him. It's like, well, of course, you're not going to get the Avengers, you're not going to get Iron Man, you know, look at you, right? But now, in the context of, you know, what Mike is seeing on this track now, you're kind of wondering, well, you know, to everybody else who just not interrupt music, are they going to, like, take in everything here and still be like, oh, okay, well, nah, you know, I, mean, I don't really no, care. Say, you know what I mean? Like, like yeah. almost like, the, like there's no value to it, but, you know, it's it's clearly that you, you don't, um, you know, it's like you don't understand it or you're not making an effort to really understand it. But at the end of the day, it's kind of like to each his own, right? But, you know, what right. if a lot of people think the same way, like, okay, I hear it, but I really don't care. You know, does it mean that there's no value to it? So that, that, that's what I love about, you know, this, this, um, the use of this, um, this, this, this excerpt here, right? It just kind of opens right. up this huge debate about, yeah, about urban music and how it's, how it's accepted down here in Trinidad. Yeah, with, 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 yeah, especially in the, in the, you know, coming up in, especially now, like, you know, this was, this is a problem for a hot minute. For like, since, I'll, since, since the 2000s start, this has been a problem for hip hop in that sense, where hip hop is actually it's in its post glam rock era, effectively, mm. right? That's why. It, so it's you know we 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 pass the past the past the point of of quote unquote selling out, and so where does the composition of somebody like a Mike fit in, in that? And again, I think it's absolutely one to one great um, common uh, reference and point to reference Scorsese um, in that conceit. You know, Agreed, you know, yeah, what yeah. you're talking about, and I, I I do think Scorsese's quote ages like fine wine. I mean, Agreed. you know about. Mm about um, the, the nature of the MCU and whatnot. No. So yeah, a great track. It really holds up. It does, it does, right? So yeah. up next, we have Rise of the King, right? Which features Lynx the Indigo Child, um, who you may remember from um, 
from uh, the two-part song Isle, that's off of the right. Unusual Suspects, right? Which Mike Wise dropped last year, right? And right. we boy profess, right? So right. let me let, yeah. let, let just kick things off, right? So one of my favorite gangsta songs, right? I'm going to bring up Gangsta later on, right? It's always been Speak Your Clout, right? Okay. And basically, is a three-part song. So it's three beats that DJ Premier make, right? And the last beat is done by Guru, right? You know, R.I.P. to Guru, okay. right? But the first beat is, is uh, who raps over it is Jeru the Damager. Um, the, also, the beat for that particular, that, that, that first part is amazing. I love that beat, right? And the second one is from Lil Dap from Group Home, right? But yeah, essentially, it's a three-act song now, but it's not one beat. It's three beats be, be put together into one song. It's just three artists coming at it, right? And I always right. love that as a concept, right? I always wish that more rappers could do that. Just do come that. out and just yeah, say, yeah. yeah, I just want a song with three beats. Beat. And that's it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it, right? A verse yeah. each, right? And to my surprise, we get that here with Rise of the King, right? Um, and I mean, unlike Speaker Cloud, which is just automatically have me snapping my neck every time I listen to it, right? Um, in this case here, it's just three MCs with the chips on their shoulders. In yeah. tune with each other, just spitting the hearts out, boy. My God. Yeah, um, yeah. Links sounds energized over Bogus. Well, in this case, with his section, Triumphant Production, right? Um, and uh, speaking of energized, right? I love how the energy builds with each installment of this song, right? Um, Profess, I've been waiting for this. Yeah. I've been waiting for a hot minute for him to, to be on a Mike White song since he did make noise off of, right. um, well, Two six of the two sixteens um album that Proof has put out a while back, right? Um, he sounds hungry AF on this too, yeah. and um the beat that that Boga does well is rather soulful, right? But it's subdued enough to kind of feel that that raw energy that Proof has just just exuding on this way. And for me, hands down one of the best verses on this record, right? That's what Proof has. Did. He just came in real hard, just out the gate, right? Um, and not surprising, Boga saves his most moody beats for last right and then well mike just comes through and rips it to shreds and yeah. basically it's just him just expressing like his strength his resilience and fortitude basically um from the lows that he's endured in his life and career right and i would say one time he dropped yet another first year contender Ta -da! Right. yes yes yeah. yes it is okay. another v-o-t-y <laughs> Content, no boy. But yeah, um, I love, 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 love this track, right? I mean, yeah. again, we need more three act, three rapper songs, man. Like, I don't know, yeah. we have five act, five rapper song, man. <laughs> songs or something like that, right? The more the merrier. Hell, hell, let me go ten rappers, ten beats, right? In one song. Let me just go, let me just go all in on that, right? But yeah, Ricardo, yeah. your, your thoughts on Rise of the King. Yeah, as I say, yeah, Mike Weiss really stands out in this. I, I like, I like the two first two, and Profess pretty good, really solid outing for him. Uh, you know, the first guy, I, I didn't think about it so much, but I did like a solid outing for him as well. But yeah, Mike really come good with this damn, with this track, this track here. It's like, alright, yeah. This is, as you said, yes, you are correct. It is a beat, a verse of the year contender. Uh, but I like, I just like the approach. It's just different beats. It cuts together really well, mm -hmm. and it just bongs off each other nice and, and well, as you see. Uh, yeah, really enjoy this track. Right, right, right. So up next we have the tone. Uh, so I'll just do, you know, track nine and ten, right? And then you'll share your thoughts, right? So up next we have the tone, which features Lendor, um, who is a Canadian rapper that I was introduced to, um, because he was on 
or Rook Beats now well, the producer right. um, shout out to Rook Beats by the way love your work on Martin yeah so he had um, uh, um, well a mixtape actually um, called Rook Beats Volume 2 right uh, also shout out to E. Smithy because he was also on that as well and E and Lendor have a track together called um, Speak It the video's out, ri- um, out right now on YouTube check it out right so yeah I- I'm actually familiar with Lendor right but it also features well Heezy Hines right you know so I'll, I'll get yeah. to him last right um, and basically the driving sample of this beat should be familiar to anybody who remember this little movie called Midnight Express from the late right. great Alan Parker right if you remember um, this outcast song Return of the G if you remember Deadly Zone from Mob Deep and Bounty Killer from the movie Blade which is that classic um, yes is that sample is that you know the sample you know what it is right yeah yeah and it's that that's pretty much driving this um this this song here right? but Boga actually puts this sort of like boom bap twisted right so it doesn't sound yeah. like the outcast song or you know the Deadly Zone song or whatever it is like that right um and pretty much each rapper is just delivering his own brand of braggadocio but it's more on it's more in terms of the mindset right put into the rhymes and who they address it to right um and just to bring back gangster into the conversation here i love how it ends with an interview with guru where he's talking about how you know when they do the songs they like to set up specific tone hence the title to each of the songs right um right. and for me everybody crushes it on this though but for me personally the mvp have to be easy boy because he come true with this really intricately written and uh, just how he delivers the verse though it's just so effortless right dude have the goal right to end his verse with a reference with references sorry a few references sorry to a little electro funk group called zaptrid and when i hear it for the first time i'm like wait now nah. yeah this man, this man did that. <laughs> he had a few times, like, oh my god, this man referenced zapping or like, like kids acts yeah. right? That this is what he did here, right? But yeah, um, absolutely enjoy this song here. This, this, this was a great, you know, collaboration between them, right? And again, I, I just always love it when you know you have rappers from different countries come together, but they all, yeah. you know, have the same mindset and they just do their damn thing, right? And uh, before we get to your thoughts on that, I also want to mention the lead single here, Spiral. Um, which for me is easily one of the most emotional songs Mike has ever yeah. ever put out, right? Yeah. Um, the beat is moody and is and disenchanted as all hell, and yeah, pretty much Mike is examining his deep rooted anxiety and right? how it leads to yeah. to occasional panic attacks, right? Um, right. The vulnerability that he expresses here is so captivating, right? And I really have to applaud yeah. Mike for just being brave to to put this out there, you know, like this is yeah. mental and physical burden that I go through, right? You know, um. I, you know, as a Jay-Z fan, and many Jay-Z fans will appreciate how he uh, recontextualized yep. the hook from Lyrical Exercise. Yep. You know, with the one, yep. two, three, breathe yep. easy. I love that, right? Um, yep. And for me, like, the placement of this track near the end of this album is a smart call because you really get right. to see how the hardships he's enduring, right? Could get to him, right? Okay, you know, it's one yep. thing to be great and, you know, people calling you, you know, one of the, one of the greats, one of the goats and whatnot, right? But yeah. people don't know about the, the, the pressure that you go through. Not just about maintaining that title, but, you know, just your own sanity. You know, again, you know, is this the right path for me? Am I even going to achieve the success that I want? And you could tell that this is weighing down on his shoulders, man. So, yeah, you can't blame this right. guy for, 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 for being anxious and, you know, having, you know, panic attacks and whatnot, right? Um, but yeah, again, you know, it's just in relation to this, 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 
this road that he's on, right? And yeah, just again, just him being so brave to put that out there is is really, really admirable, right? So for me, yeah, I absolutely felt this track, but I can't think of anybody who who won't who who who'll come out to this track not even um not feeling some sort of um emotion from it, right? Unless it is jaded right. or whatever, it is okay, right? But yeah, you, you, you can't listen to this song and not feel that tension, but not feel that 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 burden that yeah, um that that mic is clearly um, bearing, you know, and, and expressing on the strong here, right? So, yeah, Ricardo, your your thoughts on the tone and spiral? Yeah, yeah. So, t- tone, tone, pretty good. You know, as I say, yeah, you're correct. Um, he comes through this. Uh, but yeah, spiral is a great track. It, again, it, it it tempers the entire album, in my opinion. Um, there's a again the, the track coming up soon that uh is a nice complement track too, and it it really works in in that sense of it. Uh, yeah, I, I, I just thoroughly enjoy the track. Um, you know, again, you know, surprisingly, you know, sublime and, and vulnerability that makes it work. Uh, that's why it comes together. Yeah. Right. Solid stuff. Yeah. So, two more tracks to go. So, we have 27. Um, and this is where the spiral continues on, right? And right. Ju- just when you're taught, uh, spiral hits you in the gut, boy, this one does even more, boy, because this is pretty much this brutally honest look at. Mike's slowly but climb to success, boy, and long-term stability, right? Um, it's pretty yep. much this extended verse that he does, and it just slices through all the perceptions that, you know, we, we have of, you know, instant fame and success once you grab a mic right. and spit bars, right? You know, it's it's right. easy, right? But, you know, even if you make it, right, like, um, even if you make it to the top, it, it also shows just how easy you could fall, you know what I mean? Um yep. So it's it's that easy. it's that simple to just to just lose it right even when you're climbing right lose that 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 footing if it were right or lose your balance or whatever it is you want to tune it right um but yeah he he's just but like just metaphorically it, it's really Mike looking at the mirror right taking this long uncomfortable look at himself in the mirror reevaluating his his steps and missteps right. And just sort of figuring out, hey, you know, is is this? Am I on the right track, right? And believe you me, just just doing that whole revaluation thing while you're looking at just at yourself in the mirror is some very inco- un- uncomfortable shit. Uh, trust me on that, right? Yeah. Um, Boga's beat is mellow, and it just sets this sort of like regretful, worn down tone of the song beautifully, right? You really get a sense of how heavy these burdens are, right? Um, and even like the, the 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 sole mention of its title at the end of the track really hits hard, right? Especially if you're familiar with what that term twenty seven mean, right? Well, the right. twenty seven right. club, right? That really hit hard, yeah. right? So, um, like the previous track, I forgot to mention the um spiral ends with this vocal ex uh, um excerpt, right? I would highly recommend not skipping that or this one here, right? So, like the one for spiral, for example, is what sounds like this um philosopher or psychiatrist more or less talking about how we process anxiety and you know stress and whatnot right but it it there's a lot of truth to that right and in particular this one here boy um is is so truthful but it's shockingly true boy. Because pretty much it's just talking about like you know when it comes to the music that resonates with us uh the tortured soul resonates with us more right um right. more than somebody who's all happy and joyful right because it's easy for us after a while to just look at the happy joyful person and say oh yeah you being fake you know what i mean but i more right. relate to the person who's 
bearing his soul and you know look at how tortured and look how messed up my life is i feel that right you know and it's it's so so provocative though but it's it's is the truth i'm sorry is the truth right and for me that 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 particular excerpt um sums up the whole album for me right you know especially yeah. um in just how candid um you know mike is on this album right you know yeah because that's that's the stuff that sticks out to you more than see some some happy joyous song right that's that's right. just the truth of it right and it's sad but that's the truth of it right and last but not least we have autonomy right and boga leaves his darkest beat for last and you know shit's gonna get dark when you hear this like ghostly sample of like this jamaican mc about to do like verbal damage to your eardrums right um it's the shortest song on the album like just a few seconds shorter than than chainsaw right but like chainsaw mike gets to the point quickly right and he does some verbal damage of his own right and he just exits the stage from that point um and speaking of stage, though, Mike Mike ends the album on both a high and a low note, right? High in the sense of like the writing, right, and the delivery and the emotion, right? You feel everything in it, right? But thematically, yeah, it's low, right? And because you get this idea of how Mike deals with this degree of difficulty, right? Yeah, this is pretty much him just putting all this burden on his back and shoulders and just going back out. Just going back out in a dark path, you know what I mean? Um, even yep. though the future for him is uncertain, right? Um, so it, it, you know, like if you take it about like a movie, for example, like the, like the ending of a movie. Yeah, it's pretty much, yeah, going back out to war. It's, it's that moment, right? Like, you know, you just pick up your guns and your bag and it's like you're going back out to war, right? And that's what, what Mike is doing here. It's like, yes, there's all this burden. I should just put it down and, you know, probably do something else. But no, this is my part and I have to go down that path, right? And yeah, I, I like that he kind of ends the album like that, right? Um, But also too, you know, being like as dark as this road is, that it doesn't mean that it's always going to be dark. There's going to be some sort of, you know, light somewhere, right? And you know, well, for me, I kind of leave this album feeling that, you know, he will be strong enough to, to just endure this a little bit more, right? Before he sees that light, before he sees that brighter day, right? But, you know, at the meantime, he just had to keep walking, right? He just had to keep walking again, no matter how uncertain his future is. And so it, right. in, in a way, this sort of ends on a sort of a bittersweet note, though. It's, it's, it's actually a little bit more bittersweet than dark, right? The beat is dark, eh? don't get me wrong, right? But yeah, it kind of ends on a sort of a weirdly hopeful note, too, in a sense, too, right? Yeah. But I love that, though. I love that he, you know, how conscientious that particular song is and how it just closes the album like that, right? So yeah, Ricardo, your before I get into my final thoughts, uh, your thoughts on Twenty Seven and Autonomy. Right, yeah. So Twenty Seven Club is my favorite track on the album. Uh, not surprised. So not glad, surprised. I'm glad that somebody talking about this. It's just the idea, obviously, the the contrivance towards suffering. Yeah. Um. You know, a lot of our modern society does that. Like, you know, you have across the bay or whatever it is, and it's such a weird generational debate about this about. We can get into a deep, deep argument as why so many people is push this narrative, but it is a, in my humble opinion, completely false narrative. Hmm. Um, so this is gonna make this actually this track itself gonna make my best of the year. Nice, um, nice. It's a mention in something um, because it's in context with two other things. So this is a video I really like called the uh, what do you call it by the seven deadly sins of of creativity or something like that by um I'm slipping my mind right now, but he put the card up and listen front of me. But um, CJDX, look up somebody called CJDX. Mm. Um, they have a lot of great like takes on art and, and art art design and, and creativity in general. It has really good videos, high energetic, very funny stuff. Uh, but yeah, uh, then um, 
a person called Thought Slime, uh, another a Canadian YouTuber who does this great stuff on. They do a lot of progressive content, but they do a lot of great stuff on creativity as well. And yeah, just the idea of creativity and what it is you have to go through and how it's just a lot of demystifying and debunking. Um, I should have done some research to figure out who the person was who Mike was at the end here. It's not like a TED talk. I'm not really sure who it is. Um, or some lecture. But uh, I should have looked up who exactly uh, that woman was. Um, with respect to the uh. You know what the, the last line? Go yeah, that is exactly it. Just the contrivance towards we when people too happy for some reason we think they're fake for some reason. I'm like yeah, that's not necessarily true. You know, well-adjustedness is also you could also be authentic and well-adjusted at the same time. I mean, I don't know why people is uh, why, why it is about you know suffering and suffering in a certain way. Just tweak our brains to think that a person's a great artist by suffering. Like why you know that's that's nonsense. Uh, you know, it's the same thing with insanity and genius. That thing now, if you're if you're smart, it must mean you must be insane in some way. Not true. You could actually be well adjusted and you know operate in the world. <laughs> it's both. Uh but yeah, uh I really, really like this track. I appreciated that this track exists because it's a great countervailing of the narrative about that kind of stuff. And so on and so forth. Uh for the final track. Yeah, good good way to send off the, the track. It's not a track I listen to too often. Um not because especially because it's coming off the high of twenty seven. Uh but yeah, uh this album overall I just probably read at I think I enjoyed this the most since Kate's Exit. Uh, uh, I was going to say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, because I, I just is the one I just find myself just, you know bumping and replaying a lot. You know, it's just, you know, it's just uh, with with the other albums, I only repeat like one or two tracks. Like uh, you know, the last one with Easy Hines, uh, the one with J Smoke, I play a lot, and then the one with um, the beginning track, the track they released first. I forget the name it. Um, uh, True Story. Um, you know, I played that a lot, but that's it. I'd already played too many other tracks on this. This I've played the entire album many, many times. Nice. You know, going through, just walking, traveling. You know, I had to do. Um, I did a couple things, and well, you know, film had some little lecture stuff this week, so I went to that. Mm. Um, so yeah, I was, I was like traveling a lot this week and thing. And yeah, stuff like that. And it's, oh yeah, just because I had a lot of busy work, it, it, I find the time to listen to this. And yeah, this 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 album was just running itself. You know, very very little not listening to this album. Yeah, it was like 90% of my time just repeating this album. It was just solid stuff overall. Nice. Uh, yeah. Overall, uh, excellent album for me. Uh, you know, since it's, it's, it's a play. And mostly because of how deep and personal this, this stuff gets. That is why it works so well. Um, you know, that is, that is, that's the stuff that success is here. Um, you know, I, I know we just mentioned the conceit of, of suffering. But, like, it is a good, somewhat hopeful conceit about creativity and, and the overstating of creativity in our world, especially with all this AI nonsense and, and saying, you know, people people start to dig deep about what it is uh, that makes creative work work. You know, what it is, what is the human aspect of it, you know, for the most part. Yeah, people have to start answering these, these very, very tough questions that we don't really, you know, we don't think about because we just have to, a job to do or you know, a, a product to put out in, in time and so on and so forth. And look, I I I'm part of the problem because I'm very efficient at that part of it. But you know, when it comes to the actual creativity itself, it's like you would realize, oh, you have some something deep, deeper to say, and just the mere fact you want to say something is the core of it. And yeah, this track nails that absolutely. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So overall, I, I love this album. Rating uh, nine out of ten. Uh, I don't think I, I don't like it as much as Hate Sixty, but I, 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 this one is as I repeat a lot and I enjoy a lot. All right. Well, well. Thank you for for that for those um, final thoughts, right? So let me get to my to my long ass <laughs> final thoughts, right? Yeah. So so for me, I agree with you, man. Um, this is probably the most heartfelt album I've ever heard from Mike Wise, and surprise, surprise, easily one of his best works, right? Um, yes, it is easily comparable to Heat Six Eight, um, in terms of the dark tone, though. Um, but like while that record was more about like just externally looking at just the ugliness of Trinidad, right? 
um, degree yep. of difficulty is more personal, right? It's more cere- cerebral, more introspective, yep. right? I like that in this case here, you're more or less just kind of seeing the behind the scenes, if you will, like of of uh, of Mike as you know T.T.'s lyricist, right? I, I mean, we could talk for days about how great of a wordsmith he is, right? We could talk, we could talk from now till the till the year ends, right? But this one just gives you a look at just how he feels, right? You know, just as an artist, right? Um, and if yeah. you're creative and you just feel like your work just not being appreciated, especially in your home country, which is something I could relate to a lot, yeah, you can yeah. relate to this album in more ways than one, right? Um, Bogus production is excellent from start to end, and yeah, this is really an excellent showcase of his work, right? So, yeah, I do hope to hear more of his work in the future, right? Um, and yeah, you know, thanks to his beats, you know, we get the best out of Mike and his guests as well, too, um, in the context of the vibe and tone of this album, right? Um, but for yeah. me, the takeaway from this, though, is emotion, right? Even in the braggadocious tracks, though, you, you still get the sense of fear and concern, right, with regard to this part that Mike has chosen, right? Um, and you know, it's something that I, I, I always find myself ruminating on, right? You know, like, yes, he's from Trinidad, he's doing rap, right? But does that mean that it shouldn't get the same amount of acknowledgement and respect that, say, Soka or Chutney and Parang does, even though those particular art forms are seasonal, right? They're not there down 24 7 365 well with the rare exception of soka right but i mean to be fair soka is usually associated with with carnival that's just what it is right i'm sorry right yeah but you know you always think you know, and, and it's easy to think that I, I i usually feel this way too you usually think oh well you know maybe if i fly away right which is something that he brought up on seven um yeah you know things will probably be a lot easier up there in the States or in the United Kingdom or whatever. Uh, not really, but, you know, you may have more advantages, more chances, right, compared to to, um, to down here, right? But yeah, you're down here. It's not like you could just get a plane ticket and just jump to a country and make it big, right? So what do you do? Do you just throw away your dreams or you just keep going at it and try to be the best and you reach a level where, yeah, it doesn't even matter if you set up shop here or abroad, you know, as long as your work speaks for itself, right? And I know that's where Mike wants to be, right? That's the level he wants to reach at. But still, there's you know, uh, mental and physical stuff that comes with that, right? The side effects that come to that as well. I love that he was brave enough, bold enough to to to, um, to address those things on this record here, right? So, for me, right? In closing, um, this is really one of those albums where you really need to sit down and listen to it, right? And I mean this in terms like, like how I see the first time I was just kind of listening to the bars and just the flows and the wordplay and whatnot, like, yeah, but I know that there was something else going on. And because I was listening to it and making a lot of notes, that's when I pick up, oh, that's what he's talking about, right? So yep. I would say that, uh, and I also like the fact that it's just 35 minutes long. <laughs> so, but there's a lot yeah. that's going on in it, right? To the point that, yeah, you will find yourself re-listening to it and just picking up, picking up on something new, right? So I would say, you know, you you can listen to it casually and enjoy it for the bars and and the beats and whatnot, right? But if you really dive into it, though, you really pick up on the emotional aspect of it, though, and that to me is really what stood out um, the most, you know, from this record, right? So. Yeah, um, this I would see this right. I would see this right off the um, right off the right off the bat. Sorry, um, yeah, this is this is Mike's best album for the year, Badon, right? Uh, one of right. his most top tier, I would say, since Heat Succeeds, right? Um, 
I mean, I, and yes, I still have Heat 68 up there on the pedestal, on, on my pedestal, just because of just the, the dark visceral nature of it, right? But this one yeah. was more, again, more cerebral, more introspective, though. I really admire and respect the fact that, you know, he was able to, to do something like that, right? But yeah, talk long enough. We talk long enough. Um, For me, I'm going to give this a lighter, decent four and a half out of five. This is easy, one of the best albums I've heard all year. Currently, this is about top five right now. I believe you me, this is destined to be a classic. So yeah, don't yeah. sleep on this record. Do not sleep on the degree of difficulty. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, so uh just just talking briefly about the, the, the state of Marvel right now, right? So um, you know, last week an article just came out, you know, I mean um I forget I think it was the Hollywood reporter, I think it was, right? Um mentioning Variety. all these Oh you're right, Variety. varieties or, or one of those two, right? Yeah. Um Addressing the fact that yeah, you know the MCU is the the, the structure is, is is broken. Well, sorry, is you see any cracks? Sorry, right? It's not broken yeah. as yet. It's not like DCU DCEU level bad, right? But yeah, you know, um, we're not sure what to do with Jonathan Majors, and you know, however, you know, um, number of re- uh, rewrites for Blade and all that kind of stuff, right? So yeah, you know, at a point in time, you know, we were all like, wow, this this really could be the end, boy. So. Yeah, you know, and, and we're seeing this now too, you know, because, well, the Marvels is dropping this week, right? And right. I have, uh, like, for me personally, my expectations aren't, like, subterranean low. Um, but I, no, yeah. I do it's, it's, I do think that it, it will be good, right? It's just yeah. my, my issue, although I haven't really read up what the runtime is, yeah, my concern is the runtime, it being the shortest of the of the MCU films, right? I have a feeling that might be an issue. They might water down that story for some reason. I don't really know. They might they might half ass something or cut back on something. I don't know, right? I do hope right. that that's not the case, right? Um but yeah, that that article and all this this chatter about the MCU, you know, yeah, have people concerned about about the um about the Marvels, right? Yeah, you know, people what you know immediately gonna uh, immediately gonna say you know that 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 the um that sorry that the Marvels is gonna be a flop, right? And you know all that kind of stuff, right? And I don't know, boy, it's it's like you know, kid. One thing I love about Marvel Studios, right? You know, they always like on the pulse of what's going on. Um, social media wise, right? So yeah, they hear in the chat, they hear in all that noise, you know. And then on Friday, boy, just just out of nowhere, the bastards drop a trailer for Echo. And in my head, right, like I wasn't really thinking about Echo, right? Like I knew Echo was coming soon. Well, it it, it, it very it very deliberate, eh? like you know, is this is this the 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 very thing that people making or complaining about, quote unquote. And then, well, this this coming in context with um South Park did a thing the other day. Oh right, right, right. Um, well, um, with the Pandaverse. By the way, that that episode, right. watch, that episode yeah. was hard. That was funny as right. hell, right? Yeah, that was, was, funny, was real yeah. funny, right? Uh, so but it's, 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 so I can see that context of it. I was like, oh well, it 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 woke and it Indian and so on, so on. like yeah, but it, it ended up just turned out to be good. Um, yeah. but I'd say well, what, 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 sorry, that's just just that's a wrap up yeah, my, my, my yeah. preamble, right? But yeah, that that Echo Trailer dropped though, and I must say, boy, it was it was hard, but it was hard. Um, I what catch me though. Because I read it before I even watched, started watching the video. Um, TVMA though, so I, okay, this is where we right. act, right? And yeah. just right off the gate, just just quick thoughts on, on the trailer. Um, yeah, you could tell that they are channeling Daredevil and Punisher, right? Um, in particular with seeing um Kingpin just literally punching this guy. Like I don't want to say numerous times, but yeah, they linger on him beating the shit out of this guy to the point that you see a close up of his bloodied. Hand and knuckles, right? Yeah. Um, 
And yeah, you could kind of see it as, you know, being edgelordy and whatnot, right? But that, to me, kind of set the tone, right? Okay, you would think it would be the character of Echo doing some kind of violent act, right? But the context of it, though, with her being a kid and then, you know, um, <laughs> Kingpin coming out with the, with the white suit on and just beating this guy, you know what I mean? That, that to me, set that tone, right? That was like, Jesus Christ, right? And yeah, everything else is just, you know, like this um montage of just action scene and violence and all that kind of stuff. I think there is a, a callback to, cause I haven't seen, um, I haven't watched, um, Hawkeye since it came out two years ago, right? For the Christmas. I think they're gonna have, they're gonna show the backstory as to what happened to her. I think it was with her and she brought her and something that happened in this. Uh, I think it was, it was with, with her being trained in martial arts and some kind of fight that. or some kind of murder, some kind of shit happened. I can't remember what it is, what happened, but I swear I see a piece of that, right? That was, that, that right. pretty much kind of led Echo into this part of darkness, if you will, right? So I, I saw, I, I think a glimpse of that in the trailer, right? So I have a feeling they're going to explore that and more of a backstory in this, right? But yeah, though, um, they set the tone very well, though. That have people excited. Um, there's tons of like trailer reactions to that boy, and I'm actually not surprised by that, right? So, in closing, boy, um, round of applause for Marvel Studios for finding ways to get people excited for, for their products again, boy. Like, just off yeah. our trailer load, and we all ex- excited, like, oh my god, this is this is what we waited for, jeez, right? But I'll close this, right? Um, you, you also have to admire them for the timing of it, too, because eh? yeah, them yeah, say I'm um, ja- January next year, so that mean now you have to rewatch. Uh, Hawkeye because Hawkeye is a is a Christmas based story now. Yeah, yeah, watch that, watch that in December, and then wait till um Echo comes out in January because yeah, them dropping all the episodes one time. If I'm not mistaken, so I'm like, all right, doing the same Netflix thing like what they did with with right. um Daredevil and um oh gosh uh Luke Cage and the Punisher as well too. And I'm gonna close this. I have a feeling that this is gonna be Disney Plus and Marvel Studios. And Hulu actually gonna try to recapture that that violent spirit that in particular Daredevil and Punisher, especially Punisher. Yeah, they're gonna really tap into that violent spirit that both those shows had, right? But yeah, that's all I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll say about that. Yeah, Ricardo, your thoughts on the article, uh, the dropping of this trailer, the trailer. Yeah, uh, as I say, yeah, as I say with, with, with the MCU and, and the, the position they're in, they're in right now, I look, I don't really fault them too too much. As I say, as I mentioned earlier. You know, in in the in the my question review, um, you know, Scorsese, Scorsese's claim has aged, I think, quite well. But it's, that is not necessarily a, a end to Marvel or anything like that. It's just they had to rehaul and come back again. They still have a lot of options for, for for lack of a better term, right? And you know, I'd say the, you know the two big factors that they, they that that messed them up uh, was one the pandemic, you know, and you know I would argue the death of Chadwick Boseman. Uh, those two things they still never recover or pivot from that in any meaningful way. Um, I really thought they would have done it by Ant Man, but they didn't, right? So, um, you know, it's it's just what they just had to come back and they they're tapping into an energy time period, which is smart. Um, you know, the Netflix era, the Pullmutter era, you know, for lack of a better term. Um, so you want know, to see what they, they could do with that, and I want to I want to see what it what it could do or can't. Um, with this, I mean, it's looking okay. I hope it's good. You know, I'm not super hyped over it, but it's looking good enough. Thing and it, I do think it's pulling a little bit of um killers of the flower moon energy a little bit, like I don't think that's a coincidence, you know, you know, which is kind of funny on its own, right? Um, oh, yeah, I, I do mean, mm-hmm. yeah, because of who the director that is. Um, so you know, I, I could see I could see what's what going on here with it. Um, it looks okay, it looks pretty good. Uh, uh not super super excited, but I, I, I reasonably, you know, 
hyped for it. You know, it it uh, no different from like uh you know Cena at the Edagolo or or Jessica Jones or one of those um you know type things. It dies our seat. I am dies about it. Um, not super hyped, but looking good. You know, especially in the context of where where Loki going and well something involving Loki with episode four, the end of episode four. I was like, all right, well dies they might you know pull the trigger on this. Where I thought they wouldn't have pulled the trigger on it. Um, with that, we ain't really sure what's going on yet. Um, obviously, well, we will see with with Loki's finale. Uh, but yeah, uh, we'll see. You know, it's looking okay. This uh, this might be an interesting turn, you know, or at least a sorting out of where Marvel could be or can't be going from here on in. Uh, right, that's about it. Right, right. Yeah, as for TV stuff, I was just also review these things. I didn't mention it, but it's just four shows that are going to eventually review, or at least mentioned by the end of the year. Uh, so Scavengers Reign, right? And that's pretty good. I haven't finished watching it, but I started it and it's pretty damn good. Solid sci-fi out there. Um, Pluto is a show that uh looking pretty damn good. Another another anime that uh, interesting sci-fi. Um, Captain Laserhawk, which I, I should have reviewed by now, but uh, I watched and finished and I thought it was pretty good. Uh, and then um, Onimusha and Blue Eye Tamari, uh, the dicey thing. So yeah, fine. And then, well, we could talk about Lower Decks season finale, which we could, I suppose I could talk about. Okay, well, well, I, I, I didn't even know that it wrapped up, so... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. you can talk about about the season. So take it away. Yeah, yeah. not nothing. Uh, nothing much to think. So it's season four of the Lower Decks. It's still more Lower Decks. Um, not not an insult or anything like that. They they bring in a uh, new character as a permanent character, Tillin. Uh, she's here permanently now on, on the ship. This is the the Vulcan character they introduced last time, and then they kind of do a little backstory with a character called Tendi. And this is a solid, solid um season overall. Um, no major like wild things with it or wild episodes. Um, but the finale, they they had a whole interesting story arc, uh, going on throughout the season. Um, and it eventually leads to well two episodes. That this one is probably the most deep cut season of all. Um, in that sense. Uh, because it references two episodes of TNG. Uh, I think two episodes. An episode called the First Duty. And an episode called, and then the episode called the Lower Decks, the, the, the teacher, you know, episode. And they, they they basically reveal a big big episode about um Mariner. Uh, in yeah, they they, they, they uh reveal a piece, a big piece of information about Mariner uh, involving one of the older characters. Like, all right, wow, that's where they're going with it, with this. But yeah, I, I I enjoy I enjoy this um this this season. It 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 they address a bunch of things like the first episode. Basically, they at uh, their fix. A very controversial episode of Voyager called Tuvix, and they basically bring back the episode. Uh, they call it Tuvix, but they spell it differently. Um, T W O instead of T U. Um, uh, they address um uh, episode with Baji. They bring back Baji and sort that out. But the final two episodes is really the highlight of the season. Um, the inner fight and old friends new planets. And where they get into is that they brought back a character called um Nick Lacano, right? Uh played by, by Robert Duncan McNeil, who also went on to play Tom Paris in Voyager. So, the joke here is that, well, this is, I'm not sure if this is true, but it's, this, this is the general scuttlebutt of what happened behind the scenes. So, Robert Duncan McNeil played Nick Nakano, and then they went and created, or conceptualized the the Tom Paris character. Now, Tom Paris and Nick Nakano are very similar characters, so a lot of people thought that it was supposed to be the same character that goes to Voyager, because he was such a highlight and a great actor in that episode called The First Duty. This is where Nick, Nick Nakano uh, is involving a, a con- something involving something you're not supposed to do, and you end up taking the fall for it, involving Wesley and Picard, and there's a whole thing. And that has a whole follow-through follow with the episode um, in, in the season finale of this. So what they did and made it work is they do a running joke about Nick Nakano looking like 
Tom Paris, which is a, a couple of mentions. But they also, like, the, the, the scuttlebutt behind the scenes is that the writers deliberately got rid of uh, Locarno and recruited Tom Paris so they don't have to pay the writer. I have no idea if that's true, right? Probably true, in one of, it possibly true because it sounds like the most plausible answer to that scenario. Like, why does they didn't just use Nick Locarno in Voyager? But it's something that they mentioned because because uh, Tom Paris showed up in Voyager, in this show in Lower Decks earlier, and I thought, why didn't mention Nick Locarno? Well, we get to see what happens to him ultimately, and and we get to see his fate involving his relationship to, to the main character Mariner, and the payoff in the storyline involving another character, um, Cito Jackson. And yeah, they make it work. Uh, did I love this season? This finale not as good as or as strong as this season finale last season, but still solid stuff overall. And I like I like the subtext of what they go forward with Nick Locarno involving. Basically, it's kind of like the idea of the entitled millennial. Like that is what the subtext of this character is, and in given his his narrative and what's going on there, there's an interesting conceit there. I, I felt um was was working. Uh, overall, uh, don't love it as much as season three, but but still like it a lot. Um, you know, I, I give it like a, a seven out of ten, maybe a eight. Uh, enjoyed for what it is. Yeah. What we're talking about, what watching. That's how I feel about it. All right, all right, all right. Well, well, thanks for the heads up. Uh, sticking with TV for a bit now. Um, let's talk about uh the first season of Gen V. Right, uh, we we covered oh. the first three episodes that uh that dropped. You know, at the same time. Um, you know, during its well on its premiere date. Sorry. Um, and I got the chance. Well, I didn't watch it on a weekly basis, as I promised myself, and as I said in my review there. Yeah. Um, because I know it wasn't gonna rope me in as much as the boys did, right? But I'll talk about that in my review, right? Um. But yeah, uh, you know, so all eight episodes are out right now. And yeah, surprise, surprise, we're getting a second season very soon, you know. Um, right. Sarah, Carl, take it away in a nutshell. What was the first season of Gen V about? Sure. Uh, Marie Moreau, uh, this girl who's a bloodbender, she comes through with uh, uh, her powers manifest uh, through Compound V. And, you know, and then she accidentally kills her parents, goes to this basically like a, a boarding school type thing for, for the supers. And then she gets a streamline, a beeline to the God U or Golden Goldokin Academy, uh, for supers entirely. And then you find out the basically the entire season is the up the, the history and, and, and reality behind why the school exists at all in the first place and, and her relationship with her friends and, and uncovering this mystery and, and um basically the the, the, the um conspiracy behind it and all these little side characters and where they make it work and yeah this was a solid business for me not as great as the boys you know but solid out story uh, uh, the last two episodes had some great reveals like um involving like the one involving victoria I'm like okay that's a good twist it was mm-hmm. twist, mm-hmm. but yeah more like a good good reveal and it makes perfect sense so like okay cool um they they, they 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 hinted at it earlier and then they paid it off later it's like yeah this is what's going on uh Good acting overall, as I say, you know, this, this girl, uh, machine, um, this, uh, uh, or, or ja- Jar Sinclair. Jar Sinclair, yeah, she looked totally different from, from the days of Sabrina. Um, I, I hope more people from Sabrina right. come through. Yeah. Yeah. There's only one other person from Sabrina comes through, uh, but, uh, I hope more people from Sabrina come through to the show, um, going forward. Uh, they make it work. Uh, she, you know, she reminds me of why, why, why I like her so much is because she reminds me of a young Janet Jackson. She looks like Janet Jackson in Poetic Justice. Oh, uh, you, oh, you mean, oh, you mean with the, with the hair? Yeah, with the braids, <laughs> with yeah, the braids. yeah, same look at things. Like, that's what that's what I, 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 I remind me of a lot. But yeah, she it um 
just good good storytelling overall uh they just tell the story and then the ending is great that payoff at the end is yes great. Mm-hmm. um you know where, where they do it that and, and where it going i was like oh shit that's that's really, really clever and it's total boys thing and it makes perfect sense given the big plot reveal with one of the characters um involving a, a, a certain plane crash right that's all you need to know um they they connect that and, and they make it work and yeah, it just comes back full circle as a, as a, as the character. And it's like, yeah, the ending make perfect sense. Like that's the kind of shit we supposed to happen involving a, another big cameo <laughs> at the end. And yeah, I, I, I enjoy the season. Just smart. You know, they keep it, they keep it on point. They keep the characterization solid. Um, it didn't feel rushed or too, too messed up anyway, but it does, they just make it, make it work for what it was. Uh, yeah, uh, I dug it. I dug it, I dug it a lot. Yeah, uh, me, me too as well, right? So, so what I did, um, I I watched the first episode again. Well, just rewatched it. Um, just a day or two before us meeting up here, and well, the um the day before, I should say yesterday at the time of us recording this, I covered all seven episodes. I just been through all seven of them, right? And I would right. just say as a whole, it makes for a solid binge, right? Just like your, your ordinary, your average episode, um, uh, season, sorry, of the boys, right? Yeah. So speaking of the boys, right? Um, no, it is not better than the boys, or nor is it trying to be better than the boys, right? Um, you know the the, the you know when we did the first the review the first three episodes before, uh, we did mention um, you know the new mutants and X Men and stuff like that, right? And yes, right, those will right. be like the two comic book titles that will instantly come to mind when it comes to this, right? So um, I know she not your girl. I, I know you don't like her, sorry, but yeah, Grace Randolph brought, brought up a really good point where she says um okay. how the boys is more like um like uh, Avengers or Justice League, while this show is like X Men or New Mutants, right? You know, it's it's superhero stuff, but it's a different tone, a different feel to it, right? So yeah, the boys yeah. is all about you know justice, and saving the world, and all that kind of stuff, right? You know, in this case here with Gen V, like X-Men is all about, you know, well, I mean, there's, you know, the stuff about saving people and saving the world, right? But it's more about, I have these powers and these powers are scary or right. I can make people scared of me because I have these powers and just how they react to it and whatnot, right? So it's, 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 it's like that, right? Um, it totally works too, but you know, I, yeah. I will, I will admit, uh, I do prefer the boys more because it just has more of sort of this grungy, you know, don't give a shit uh, yeah, action pack kind of vibe to it, you know? Is a, is a better, well, the boys is a more interesting subversion. This doesn't try to do the subversion too much. This just plays more straight, um, with its conceit. Yeah. And, uh, so that's why I don't really try to like, you know, compare them in any way. And uh, as I said, more, uh, what was this show's remind me of a little bit, boy? Yeah, it, it kind of deals into the river deification of things, right? But it does it, it plays it straight and makes it work for what it is. It's much more sincere, uh, you know, with its conceit and where, where they're going with it. Uh, but yeah, I, I just, I, I, but I, I, uh, I just like, but well, all right, the point I was going to make is that she, um, I like that the arc she ultimately has with, with, with respect to, um, being a hero and what it is to be a hero as opposed to just being a good person. And, you know, she has a great arc as it is. And everybody else, everyone do, does, um, in terms of where they're going with it and why and who doing what and and, and whatnot. So yeah, they're making it work. Yeah, agreed, agreed, agreed. Yeah. Um so, you know, while while it's not like boys level, right? I do like that it's being its own thing. Um and it really does feel like it's part of the boys universe, right? I don't yeah. just mean in terms of the references to Voughton. Sorry, references to Voughton, all these kind of stuff, right? But yeah, just in terms of um the subject matter, what is addressing and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, they, they make out, they, all the cameos that come in is great. Like, Agreed, yes. It's like, oh, right, yeah, like, oh, this character shows up, and that character shows up, and then you remind me of this character, and she's, like, that I'm lying, it's like, when she came to her about something, she said, um, you know, 
this, you know, I have a friend who's exactly like you, and she referenced in Billy, uh, and whatnot. Uh, so they, they make it, as I say, just, just smart cameos, you know, just, they, 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 they dovetail it with the boys very, very well. And well, of course, uh, we got a nice, another big cameo at the end in the post credit scene, which I enjoyed. Yeah, boy. Yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll talk about cameos now, right? So, um, yeah, they even, I love how they'll make mention of, of certain characters too, right? So, whether it's the Deep or A Train, right? Um, points I, for, incorporating a character that you that um i'm not gonna say who but he was in the series premiere how they do that was so smart because i just right. they're watching a character in this show right and i'm not really thinking about it. it's like oh it's it's a side gag right you know that's why yeah. his character is there but when they say who he's related to it's like wow i i didn't mm-hmm. even realize that you know that was so yeah. smart <laughs> you know what I mean? and yes the cameo uh, we're not gonna see what happens at the at the in the season finale yes people are gonna talk about but i love that uh i mean like it does not take up too much time in the show and it serves its purpose but i like that given the character without spoiling much it's if the character like consciously came into the show and only knew he had uh i say he right only had like about you know a minute to shine this is yeah. how he would go about it. But, I but, love but, that. It, 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 yeah, it was a, but it was a completely organic like way he shows up like it yes. makes perfect sense mm. yeah, because we saw it in the cartoon Remember that one of the cartoons? Did that oh right, right, right. That one. Um. Oh gosh, the yeah. anthology that that we that we covered right. a while back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like we know we know this person does this thing all the time ever so. So it wasn't like a thing. And then well, the the, the big re- at the end, then it's like oh shit, like if that happened and and that person could deal with that in that way, it's like whoa, 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 that make that character more more interesting. Exactly. And, 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 and so the character. Sorry, yeah, one, right. one, one. No, yeah, the character doesn't. Um, the, the character doesn't. It doesn't feel like the character feeling a contrivance or anything like that. Again, addressing the South Park stuff, right? You know, looking. I, I, I. We're going to. Talk, I don't want to talk about the South Park stuff too much, but I because they have. I've lost a lot of, for lack of a bit, some faith in them since post Donald Trump. Um, but they they kind of nailed the conceit about that stuff about you know panda foods, right? Yes. And, but so yeah, it's not it's not so much it's just a low effort problem with the pandas ideas now. It's not the pandering, quote unquote pandering or the, the progressive ideas, but you have to know how to do it and you have to make an effort. Um, in terms of the writing. And they made an effort with the writing with this character, and that's why this character works so well. Um for 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 the most part. I mean yeah, they they make it work um yeah. as it is. I, um, I just like just like the storytelling and everybody who involved works. Right, you know, that, that, they, that, they, that they, was about to say, yeah. Um, you know, the yeah. characters uh are so compelling as well too, right? And they're yeah. all like like given a purpose, right? Um cause, yeah, you will find yourself really like um admiring or at least enjoying Marie and you know just have her deal with her own situations and whatnot, right? Um right. I will admit though just this is a just as a minor, minor little gripe though. They kinda set her up with someone and it wasn't the person who I had expected. And yes, I I like that from a subversive kind of perspective though. But at first, right, how how it happens felt really forced. But then they kind of okay. explain and justify. Oh, this is why it happened, right? And it just kind of ended up becoming sort of like a like a byproduct. Like, yeah, that happened. So what we're gonna do now? Even though that already happened, right? So I I, I do like that there was this particular moment and episode that that um pretty much addressed that because I wouldn't like when when they they hooked up. That's all I'll see. Don't spoil anything. That catch me by surprise. I was like, now they are they forced that, but that that felt way too contrived though. But afterwards they kind of right. they kind of explained like, oh okay. I, I get, I get, I get. Kind of interesting, and 
much curious to see how they're gonna explore their relationship going forward, right? Um, right. and right. I do like the you know the side characters as well. Whether it's um Andre, who's played by you know Chance Podomo, who we remember from um Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, right? Um, yeah. Um, Emma, who's played by Lizzie Broadway, though she was she was a highlight for me, though. Like, right? Uh, when, 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 she goes, yeah, where where she goes and the arc she goes and like make perfect sense to me. Like, yes. it's like all right, everything comes together so well, especially when you you learn the reveal about um you know the woman with her. Yes. Uh, it's like all right, well yeah, that, all of that all of that works. All yeah, of that yeah, works. yeah. Because you know at first you just think it, oh you know she's just this character who just purge and she becomes small, yeah. but they they do a lot more with her, right? Um, of course, John Lee is is a highlight as well too. Just such yeah. an interesting mm-hmm. character with that whole gender shifting thing. I do like the skill yeah. set as well too. With you know the female yeah. having like the sonic weave powers, and the next one having, I would say, super strength. I don't want to say invulnerable. Invo- in, it's not clear kinda. to me what they're doing, though. To be honest, sir. Yeah, and I took to play exactly what they're doing, but whatever. Oh no, uh, I, because, I, I, well, I because, because I watched over the first episode, that there was that moment where um they fight a, a person, right? Now I gotta say who. Right. Yeah, I was taking note of the fight now and yeah, she was she was doing the blast and he was just punching people. Right? That, right. that what it was. Yeah. I kinda got out of that, but I still had a you know see, I just, I still not seen it super clear. But whatever. Okay, it's, um it's, I, I, yeah, I think it's because of how it constantly switches, right? But but just right, to talk yeah. just 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 to touch on that, right? Um um VFX, right? I just had to mention quickly about VFX. I think that for this show here, it is very well done. Um, not perfect, right. mind you, right? You could tell that it's, it's sort of a budgetary thing. Like, you know, it's not like the most cutting edge visual effects you'll ever see in a, in a, in a, in a, in a TV series. No, no. It's a TV show. So they work with a budget, right? You know, you see anything boys did, you know what I mean? But they, they find ways to work around it, right? And in particular, like when you see Jordan fight and whatnot, yeah, they just kind of, uh, I don't say cut quarters, but they kind of do a lot of like rapid editing to kind of, work around the around the effects and whatnot and you see that when characters show off their powers and thing too but it's like alright those are those are just minor stuff I can let those things slide right I'm not gonna go into this thing expecting MCU level graphics right I'm not expecting wetter studio graphics right That that's what it is right so just go in and accept that right um also another highlight for me though was um let me see if I get the name by um I talk about the brother name, the one who was in the in the um uh, in the asylum. Yeah, Sam, yeah, Sam, uh, right, right. Yeah. Um yeah, the uh, character Sam, I, I I told that he he was he was really, really solid as well too. Um he, he does veer at times in the whole angsty, I'm gonna shout loud and be like, rah when I'm pissed off, but given the context that he he was pretty much you know, treated as a mental patient for years now. It, it, it makes a lot of sense why he reacts that way, right? And they actually give him a nice little, you know, relationship. I'm not going to say with who, but I thought that was, like, really, really sweet, right? Um, right, yeah. The, uh, the reveal of what's going on in God Yudo is so insidious, though, and, and kind of clever in, 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 at the same time, too, right? But it fits in the world of the boys. I really dug how, how, they, how they make that work, right? Um, well, no, but the, 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 the degree of it is, is interesting. Like, you yeah. reveal about the whole, because it's not only to reveal about what's going on, but the, the, the actual nature of the school itself, the origin yes. of the school. Yes. And, and like, like the, the powers that we didn't notice. Um, so like the fallout of that gonna be a whole thing, right? Yes. Like with, with with boys with boys season what three now? Well, well four, four, four. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, really, really curious to see how, how right? they're gonna um how when they're, they're gonna, gonna go into it. Yeah, yeah. It, it ends off in a great way. It's like oh, if they find out all this come out now, it's like all right, well, viral drama now. Yeah. Um. Um. So yeah. Couple, couple things. Couple. I'm now wondering, right? If um, because yes, I mean Gen V is gonna get a second season, right? But I'm just curious to see how much or how little 
of Gen V is going to bleed over into the boys, right? Because I don't want that we're going to have, like, I don't know, God forbid, a Gen V and boys sp- uh, crossover episode or something like that. Like, no. Well, like, I don't like, know. Unless they really want to lean in into superhero comics a lot, maybe, but I don't think that that's really necessary, you know? Well, given the nature, because the thing is, I thought the show would have focused entirely on the school. Because the way, the, remember they frame, they frame, again, this may be a little spoiler, but the way they frame the school as if it's quote-unquote pro-what or pro-thing, and it's not. It's yeah. It's the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Right? So, like, I don't know where they're going with it, and if, if, if Gen V itself go get a season two, it most likely will. But they could easily just have these characters show up, straight up show up in an episode of The Boys. Like, they probably will. Of course, yeah. Um, I, I would love that, and yeah. So on a, and so on and so forth, especially with the, with the, with the ending of the, 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 that final scene. The final yes, yes, scene. yes. Which, which, uh, which we're not going to spoil, but yeah, we'll leave right. you, we'll leave you really yes. anticipating what's going to happen next, but like, how right. far they stopped so there, so right? Uh, so but yeah, also, yeah, also, yeah. there's just, there's, there's just a couple more things, just a couple more things, right? Yeah, go ahead, yeah. Go uh, ahead, also, ahead. I do appreciate the little disclaimers that they have throughout the show. So, in, in particular, that, that final episode have a disclaimer, and I was like, right. yeah, I, I understand that, that makes sense. Yep. Um, so, it's not as, it's not shocking as well that, like, I'll never forget um, like um, season 3 the boys and I forgot the, the episode but this infamous episode that involved this superhero orgy sorry this soup orgy thing and like they right, had right, like right. this disclaimer in the beginning about oh you know you're gonna see stuff that's inappropriate and blah 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 you know what I mean like, like that that yeah. just felt like oh gosh man like all this, all this, all this awesome. stuff right there right in this case yeah, yeah. it felt like it made a lot of sense because yeah I know that some people will watch this and just be sort of triggered by the, the context of it right but in no way is it so shocking that it should be like banned from television or anything like that, right? And last yeah. last but not least though, um even though it is its own thing though, um you do get that irreverent humor, um that really bites in satire. And of course the raunchiness, right? Um I would say every episode people are dropping F bombs like every two minutes, but like jeez, but you know what I mean? like you could do a drinking game as to how much people drop the F bomb, right? And of course you'll get your occasional, you know, bit of sex was that like too much or too over the top, like what you would see in the yeah, boys, they, right? They but it's one there. moment. You only did one thing in the, in the early in the season. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, early yeah, on, which, which, I mean, it, it makes right. sense. And I would say the payoff was, was kind of funny. That That's all I would say without spoiling right. it, right? But yeah, yeah. Um, other than that, though, just, just well, I'll, I'll just give a final toss to quickly. Um, yeah, yeah, this this is this is actually a really, really solid um spin-off of the boys, though. Yeah. You know, like, like for me, like, I'm still not familiar with the source material, so I wasn't, like, watching the... I mean, I love the boys' TV show, right? Um, even though a lot of people so say it's true. It's vastly pretty, different, eh? Right. Uh, that was all about yeah. to say, like, oh, you know, it's yeah. vastly different, right? But I love the TV show, right? Um, so I wasn't really thinking, oh, we're going to actually get a spin-off one of these days. I was actually hoping more for another of those boys' animated um, anthology series. I was like, actually expecting more of right. that. But I don't mind that, hey, you know, we're doing something different with, you know, Gen V. We actually expand the world from it. It's more Gen Z than, you know, uh, millennial, you know, if you will, in terms of, like, their right. views on politics and whatnot. But it works, right? And again, it's it's being its own thing, but it's part of the world of the boys. I really appreciate that, right? So, no, it's not better than the boys, but it, yeah, it's not, we even try to be better. It's just, it's a yeah, part it's a of ritual. it, right? Take it as it is, right? Exactly. Yeah, so for yeah. me, rating wise, yeah, like four out of five, man. I, I really, really dug this, man. And it has me, it, it left me excited for both the second season of this and the fourth season of the boys, right? So yeah, it achieved two things and more, you know what I mean, out of the season, man. So yeah, this was damn impressive for me, man. So yeah, your final thoughts on rating. Yeah, yeah, that's solid, solid, um, solid out entirely. I, I couldn't be, um, 
I wasn't, you know, too out of it. I was, I was paying, paying attention. It, it does, you know, good world building. It builds up the story and, and tells its narrative well. Um, a couple of kind of lame jokes here or there, but for the most part, I, I enjoyed for what it was. And just, a, again, a great finale and payoff at the end. I, I can't be mad at that. Solid writing, funny enough, you make it work. Uh, rating, as I say, probably 8 out of 10. Uh, didn't super love it, but I liked it. Liked it, you know. So I, I dug it for what it was. Yeah. Also, last, last, last thing, right? Um, I, I I couldn't help but see the the, the comparisons to to X Men, right? And yeah. actually, gonna point the blame at the source material itself because I'm assuming that you know the characters that we see here are based off of you know the the boy source material, right? So yeah, one of the the main antagonists. That's all you'll see without spoiling anything. Yeah, is 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 kind of a is kind of a, a, a of of an X Men character, like a legacy character, like somebody you know with with superb powers. That's all you'll see. That could do so much, right? I I I just love that you know we just oh, we just watch this person just doing you know their thing, right? And then is revealed, oh, you're you're the person behind that. That was that that actually make fun, nice twist, right? But I couldn't help but re- be reminded of yeah, a popular character from X Men, right? And speaking of which, though, um, in the final episode, there there's one particular character that was reminded me of probably one of the the the, the standout characters from you now talking about movies now. Um, X two, right, or X Men United. When I see that character moving about, and especially the, yeah, the skills yeah. that the characters have, it's like, wow, that that's like a ripple for that character. Oh, You're like, oh, this is Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. Yeah, Night, Night, Nightcrawler. Sorry, we had to spoil it, but yeah, I was like, oh, that, that that's Nightcrawler. Like, what what they doing? What they doing? So I mean, they, they, that's why that's why this works. So they they, they do try to be. It, it just feel like a, a just a good comic book story, and they tell their own story. Right? Because I see trick to this. It doesn't try to be too subversive or anything like that. You know. It just tells its own story and makes it work for what it is. Uh, it it have nothing to do. Though that's a trick to this kind of stuff. Don't yeah yeah you're being mean spirited and you're you're you're, you're uh, fighting down and and uh doing this subversion stuff. But at the end of the day, you still have to tell a story. Um, yes. So yeah, that's doing. Ultimately, what you're doing is just doing the the fixing the, the narrative. Because what does kill mainstream stories, mainstream material for the most part? It's just the contrivance towards certain characters staying alive or anything like that. With this, you don't have any such limitations. Anybody could die. You know, here's why they'll die. You know, you you're, you're still following story tropes, but you tell you still ultimately tell a story to to make it work. And I that's, I I do have a problem with that. That's the same thing. Well, we're gonna talk about the next show. That nails it as well, right? Um, yeah. With it, uh, invincible. Yeah, um, yeah. Wait, wait, which, which you, you can know. jump into, but um, yeah. What, yeah. What, what's it? What's it written? Yeah, yeah. Eight, eight out of ten. Uh, yeah. I just, I just dug this season a lot. Um, for what it is. Um, yeah. So yeah, let like us talk about invincible now, which leads directly in and is very similar in its conceit. Yes, um, and also, also, also love the fact, right? Uh, that they actually dropped this. Or, well, they dropped the the first episode of this. Well, the so they, sorry, they, the they f- know, premiere. They know the yeah. They know the type of show that scratches the itch. Like this, yes, yes, they know yes. the type of show that nice it. Yeah, and I, I think if I don't mistake, I, like I just glanced at it on on um on social media. I think Amazon um Video Prime put this out right. So it's a poster of Gen V, but you saw a couple of characters from right, Invincible. Yeah. I just they watch yeah, yeah, that like wait, wait, wait that, that was a meme or something, but no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're, they're just subverting. I mean, they, cool. they know exactly what they're doing. They know exactly what they're doing. I don't know if it's that their material itself necessarily do it, but yeah, they know exactly what they're doing with respect to that. Uh, right, you know, right. They're saying this is the actual like how to write storytelling right now. This way it is, and you know the MCU could the MCU is also very self aware to do to do this, but I don't know. Again, as we say. The MCU not in its in the best place right now, uh, in my humble opinion, and I think they they kind of miss a couple of off ramps um, with respect to like telling 
telling the story and building up the narrative, in my humble opinion, and not really in the best place, especially knowing Jonathan Majors, kind of, his fate is still up in the air at this point in time, you're not sure how, what's going on there, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, with this now, you know, they're not really smart. Uh, smart place with Amazon just have two shows that directly addresses all the things that we have with, with comic books without being too cynical and too mean-spirited and too dry I should say with Correct. the with the um you know the subversion that's all yeah, I yeah. like that's what that's what I think about it right uh, yeah, so um, right yeah, so right so I'll just give quick thoughts on on just this, this premiere right um, so yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely love the first season though uh, it, it went in places that I never saw um I never saw a superhero TV show, let alone an animated superhero TV show, go, you know, in, in, in particular, you know, the gory, over-the-top violence, right? You know, right. usually delivered by Omni-Man, you know, probably one of the great uh, supervillains, I would say, ever put on screen, you know, I mean, voiced excellently by J.K. Simmons, right? And just the, the context of him just being this this father, you know, being too invincible himself, play, uh, voiced by Stephen Ewan, right? Just made for, yes, yeah, some, just some captivating TV, though, I must say, right? Um, I will confess though that I did not watch um Atom Eve that that special that dropped earlier this right, year. Yeah, the little, um, yeah, the spin-off. Yeah, that, yeah. Which, sure. which which yeah. I remember you saw and you enjoyed that. I really should yeah, check it great, over, yeah. right? Um and actually yeah. for me, I really want to rewatch the first season because I'll confess something, right. uh, I had to be reminded of characters, right? So so for me, it's just how I you know, I don't know, how I digest TV shows, right? Um if there's like a two, three year gap between shows, I have to refresh my memory, right? And I too lazy to go on YouTube and look up, oh, you know, this guy is breaking down everything that happened in season one. I I kinda have to see things play out for myself. Just more into the characters and how things play out. I just want to see that so I could guesstimate right. what will happen in the second season, right? So yes, while I do appreciate the previously on segment that opens this episode, yeah, also like, all right, I forget this character, I forget that character. Oh right, you in this. Oh, wait, I forget we you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> and it was even worse when I was watching, you know, this episode here throughout, right? But that did not mean that I did not enjoy the show. I didn't have me excited for what uh, what's what's in store, right? So what we're treated here, right? So uh, this is actually a month after um after Nolan, aka um Omni Man, you know, left the earth after pretty much decimating almost the entirety of Chicago in such a okay. brutal you know, um, for anime yeah. kind of way. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the trauma, the trauma train. We got trauma train. Trauma train. That that's it. Yeah. That's it. That 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 still resonates in my in my in my in my in my conscious. Boy, my God, right? I I don't know. Like people sat on a drew this shit, right? Whatever, right? So yeah. So of course, you know, Nolan's son, um, Mark, you know, aka um, Invincible, is still dealing with that. You know, just that's just the fact that his dad slaughtered all these people. But pretty much whooped his ass like close to death, yeah, and pretty yeah. much call call the mother, call the wife, uh, a, 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 a pet. I just flew away, yeah. Trent. That's like you I, know, I what, think, like I think, I think yeah, you okay was, though, you know. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, sorry, I, I was doing a job. Sorry, you know. Yeah, white is, uh, is that he's such a good dad. All things yes. considered, so it's not like it's not like he's like some distant asshole or a terrible father. No, he was like. He was nice. He just carried them to vacation. So they have all these good memories with him now. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm making worse here. Yeah, but like, they have seen involving um, the, oh God, uh, I forget the guys, the red, what's his name, boy? The red, the, um, the Russian speedster. His wife. Uh, oh, uh, or him. Oh, oh, sorry, her. Again, forget the yeah. characters, right? Sorry. Right. No, yeah. So, well, it's, it's just the wife of the Russian speedster. Um, who died uh, red Rush. That's his name. Red Rush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Red Rush, right. 
And yeah, so the, the, the whole thing is that it, she just, all she remembers is just a vacation and pizza. And these little small things just add up in terms of the trauma. No? And you had a yeah. kind of vacator mindset to, to deal with him now. But yeah, they're making right. it work for it. Um, that, 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 that person being um, Mark's mother. And of course, the, yeah. the well, the, yeah, I should say the widow of, of, of Red of Red um, Red Rush, right? Yeah. But yeah, in, in a nutshell, it's Mark just pretty much trying to figure out his way. He kind of doesn't want to be invincible anymore because he just remembers what right. his dad did. So reluctantly, he joins the, the Guardians of the Globe and he goes on a mission, right? In this case, it involves stopping, well, in well in their, in their defense, they really know what was going on. But yeah, we're introduced to the scientist by the name of Angstrom Levy, um, who we introduced, right. I'll, I'll save where he's introduced for last, right? Yeah, so he, ha- he has this, this skill set of, of op- opening port. Right, so yeah, right. we kind of bring in multiverse theory into this. Wow, look at right. that, right? Ooh, right. So yeah, he, well, he right. You know, about about like that. I, I I like that, right? Yeah, what they do with it is, is kind of clever. And again, there's one of the things I see. Well, again, the MCU could have been doing it right, but you know, they 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 in you know, all these real world problems they have. Right. Uh, but they're addressing something that which is well, yeah, statistically and from his perspective, according to him, statistically, invisible invincible chose to join Omni Man. Um, in his in his situation, like yes. okay, that kind of dark too. Yes, uh, yes. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, um, I'm, I'm, I might as well bring up that that moment, right? Because yes, in the yeah. beginning, we 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 see what you know. For me, um, I I I. All right. So for me, in my head, right, I'll I'll confess, I thought that this was going to be this was foreshadowing of what's going to happen very soon in the in the series, right? Where yeah, right. pretty much Mark joins with Nolan and yeah, you know, um. Start, start to wipe out, you know, well, humanity itself, right? Um, right. To reco- uh, for recolonization purposes, right? So yeah, I thought what that what we were seeing was just oh, this is what's going to happen later on in the in the, well, uh, in the, the season. Is, so the, the question is whether or not um you know why does that this mark so different? Um, yeah, to me that's like the first question that come up in my head. Like oh shit, well yeah, Mark is just like yeah, I'm I'm doing this. It's for the greater yeah. good. It's it's that. It's for right, the greater exactly. good. And yeah, so he, he will not exactly the difference. Yeah, and you won't his hesitate to kill people like he'll be a little a little reasonable you'll be a little reasonable but no like his dad he will he will kill you he will hunt you down right. and kill you right but anyway so right. yeah so so angstrom wants to to stop this right and he he um gets the help of the maulers i i actually remember them from from the right. last season right. and things don't play out the way they do and well both a mauler and angstrom come out like just physically deformed right especially right. angstrom boy jesus christ he looks terrible yeah. right but yeah that that's pretty much where where we stop off at right um and yeah right. for me um this is this is a solid um episode i must see though, yeah, yeah, and, do, and do, what do, it do, leads do. to, what 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 it's yeah. what it's alluding to, um, how I'm excited to, right? What I was gonna say, yeah. right? As you mentioned, Marvel, I do like, um, like for him, for me, I kind of see him sort of like a sort of a weird version of Kang himself, or uh, or at least the character of him. Uh, okay, well, yeah, you see a moment where you see variants of him in one room. I was thinking like the Council of Kangs for a sec, you know, right? Pretty like much, that, but, but I think I'm, I'm not thinking like a comparable to, to say Reed. Um, or Reed Richards? Uh, no, Reed Richards. Yeah, so it's a counselor Reed situation. If you if you look up that. Oh, um, okay, okay, yes, right, right, right. Similar idea, but right, right, a very similar idea. You know, he he collect his he collect his counterparts and and want to do something for them, and he had a whole grand plan, but he fuck it up. You know, in dumb ways and so on, so on, so forth. Yeah, I yeah. want to see where it's going. We go find out. Yeah, me, me um, too. Um, that, 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 that's a couple of things. So, um, you know, voice acting. You know, this is always what always been um the show's biggest strength for me. Though the voice acting yes. is superb from everybody, right? Um, everybody kills it with us, right? And yeah, everybody do their thing, right? Um, Angstrom Levy. I wasn't sure who did the voice for him. Let me 
just pull it up let me see who it is do that like i thought that he he did a great job um angstrom Sterling K. Brown. Wow. Why okay, am yeah, I not yeah, surprised? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know it was somebody. I know it was somebody I I really liked um for that for that role. So I was um yeah, I, yeah. I knew it was somebody good. And also uh, as well, also as we, as we talking about um uh, you know um you know African American actors, uh we also have a new character by the name of Bulletproof, a new superhero who joins uh right. the, the Guardians and he's voiced by Jay Farrow, right? And there's a moment involving okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, nice yeah, there's a moment involving him. And um and, and Rex Rex Plode. yeah Rex and Rex Plode. I love that yeah. right you know this, this yeah, yeah, oh joke, you yeah. know like oh uh, how how can your name be so obvious bulletproof and he you know right. well bulletproof of course like you why you call yourself Rex Plode? like you you didn't think that name yeah. was stupid you know yeah, so I he, love that you turn back one time yeah 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 they turn back one yeah as I say as a it's a, it's a solid first first episode mm. like um just sets it up well the little important things which is they, they uh, he and the girlfriend going to to school now yeah well, well, they well get going out, to they get, they get through yeah, the yeah. And by the yeah, way, boy, the she she is a um what what's the name of um Amber Amber right? right. Yeah, um she she's a writer, die boy. She is a right or die. I and love her. People are hating on her. People are hating on her last season. Um, remember again why? I think it's. Yeah, it's, was, it's some so decision she, was, she make. I, I, I can't remember what it well, was. Sorry, it was her not being supportive of him as a superhero. Blah blah blah. It's a whole thing. Right. Uh, but yeah, yes, I um. Uh, but this time they they they, they kind of sort that out and they're making a whole thing about it now, uh, and they're making it work because again to me the big arc of him trying to make up for for Omni Man and try to save people but and whatnot I I like that and again I really want to see if they're gonna do the multiverse thing and and say because well there was another show that that handled that very very well earlier this year this was uh, Superman the new Superman animated series that's right uh, mm-hmm. which is with what make you special out of the must, millions of possibilities blah 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 and how to evolve these ideas same thing with 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 um, Spider Verse. Um, it doing the opposite message of yes, even though you might be one of multitudes, why are you special? What makes you unique? And they, they they spin the narrative in such a way where you don't have to fall into some kind of contrivance or trap or or you know commonality or whatever it is. And I like that. That's good messaging and good storytelling as well. Um, and I I hope they set up that really really well. So I, so I heard I heard this this season is quite good and, I, and I'm really excited for it. Yeah, me too, me too. Um, last thing last though, I'm I'm reading up here though that uh. This is going to be split into two parts. So we're actually going to okay. get the wow. first part, uh, well, you know, this year, I should say this month, and the last four we're going to get in early 2024. So I okay. guess for me, this gives me uh, an excuse now to recap the, the first season, so at least I'll be familiar with certain characters, especially ones in the Guardians of the Globe, right? Because, yeah, I was forgetting characters in this. I'm sorry, right. I just remember faces, but I just don't remember them, unfortunately, right? And I just yeah. want to see that build up again between Mark and, and, and Nolan, and this, how it just comes to that powerful climax with that hyper-violent um, finale, right? Yeah. And yeah, just, again, just, just me gonna speculate uh, what's gonna happen next, right? So I'll close this. Uh, hopefully, God's willing, you know, we could do, like, just uh, a review of those four, of, of those four episodes once they, once they finish air, right? And then, we, you know, I guess we could sort of speculate what we, what we, what could happen um, in the, in the second half of the season. But yeah, this is, this is off to, to a great start, but I can't, uh, yeah, can't complete. Too, yeah, yeah, uh, any, yeah. Any more thoughts on, on this episode? 
Yeah, nothing, nothing, nothing major to, to talk about other than that. I just, I just thought it was just a solid, solid opening. It had me again. I rule of thumb. If it, am I paying my attention to it? Yes, <laughs> I care. I'm thinking about the future and whatnot. Um, in terms of animation, somebody mentioned, oh yeah, we don't really get good adult animation. Uh, that's not meant to be funny or anything like that. Because this show has humor in it, but it's not meant to be funny. Like, I don't think it have any show like that 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 doing that. Because everything else would be would like would be live action, or if it's animated, it'll be humorous in some way. Like Rick and Morty, kind of getting that, but Rick and Morty not serious it could get serious but it's ultimately meant to be a funny show um this is the i can't I, off the top of my head i can't think i can't think of what show it was i remember i mentioned um it's an old show back in the days called uh uh invasion america um that's the last time that they had mm. serious r-rated adult animation that not meant to be funny um but yeah i i, I won't see anyway other than that i really hyped for this um season going forward yeah so i'm gonna be i'm gonna be weekly weekly watching it cool Right, right, right. And last but not least, uh, since we haven't talked about movies in this episode here, yeah, let me talk about Five Nights at Freddy's, right? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll keep this one kind of short, guys, because I, I saw this yes. on the day, actually, on the day that it was released on digital, on, on digital, right? I.e. Right. Peacock, right? And yeah, Ricardo, well, what they say there, it's, it's, it, it's bad. It's bad, right? Yeah, so, so here's bad. the thing, right? Here's the thing, right? So, I, I, I actually never played the Five Nights at Freddy's games, right? right um, I, 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 I do know, I, I kind of marginally familiar as to what it's about, right? But, you know, right. just, just, you know, because of stuff like Willy's Wonderland, which I hated, right? Uh, which starred, um, Nicolas Cage and what was basically trying to be Five Nights at Freddy's, but the, I guess the, uh, studio, I forget if it was Universal or whatever, I can't know Universal is behind this one. Like whoever studio didn't really have the rights to to Freddy's to F N to F N E F, so he just did their yeah. own version of it. But they use um uh Nicholas Cage just tell this this one joke over and over and over. Right. Yeah. So didn't care for that at all, right? I know there was right. that Banana Splits movie which was trying right, to right. be like that, but I didn't see it. Same, same bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Same bullshit. Yeah. But same bullshit. The point. The point it, I get that. this thing where. Uh, Okay, here's the thing. This is one of the classic cases of where stuff can translate from video games to to, to thing. Uh-huh, the whole uh-huh. point of Friday Night of Freddy's again is the game itself. You have to figure out what's going on. So to tell the story from this perspective, no work. That way, it do it just fall flat completely, you know. Yeah. But this same thing with Banana Slits. This is a whole. We just talk about this with subversion, right? Guys, if you're doing subversive thing, just just showing a character as a badass. Look, it's not the fucking nineties with, with Bugs Bunny and them wearing with wearing urban wear, right? Thank you. Please stop this. Please stop this. This is not cute. It's not funny. I get why they sell, but they don't do anything with it. So it's like we you know, you're not saying anything interesting or or, or doing anything interested in any meaningful way. So it's just nonsense, no. Uh, and that's what this is. This is just, whoa, look at this childish thing in a dark framework. What are you gonna do? I like, alright, well, great. Yeah, but, you, you know, you're not really telling me. Now to be fair. No, for, to be fair, the game does a good job with that, where it is it it actually you know gives a good atmosphere and, and telling the story. I, I can understand why the game is, is as popular as it is, right? You know, even though it's for kids, it still works so what for what it is. But this movie now totally like don't seem to get this at all. And again, people of the game could probably say you know you know they, they'll probably say how are wrong or whatever it is. But I from what I gather, it doesn't get any spirit to the games at all. Um, and not it, not it surprised. Makes, yeah, and then well, it had a cameo by Matt Pat if you know who that is. Uh, because he's constantly talking about Five Nights at Freddy's with all sort of theory stuff, and he's the game theory guy. He's the host of game theory. Okay. Uh, pop- popular YouTube channel, reasonably popular YouTube channel. Um, he made a cameo. He's a waiter, I think. And I was yeah, like, oh, yeah. Shit, I read it up here now on Wikipedia. So okay, that, right, that's right. cool. That's cool. 
So I was watching the scene, and I was like, oh shit, my fat make an appearance. All right, cool. And it was just the most cringe cameo ever. But I understand that people was liking the cameo and, and enjoying it. So like, all right, well, I mean, yeah, that, 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 that just flew past but, me. I, I didn't even know the yeah, guy. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan. Okay. I'm not a fan. I'm not into this. So I don't know if, if what necessary to look for, if I would enjoy it otherwise. No. I, never, I don't get that out and enjoy this otherwise. Right, Whatever. right. So, so, so the point I was getting at with, uh, with, with, you know, those reference, um, with those two shoes, right? Is that if you were to tell somebody, right? Just, just on paper, we're doing, we're finally doing Five Nights at Freddy's. We're finally doing this, right? We're releasing this for Halloween weekend, right? Instantaneously, you're going to go into this film like I did, expecting some level of scares, right? And right. for me, I got little to none. That, that, that's like the major sin of this, right? It just wasn't yeah. scary, right? Um, yeah. and, and the, the first red flag, the first red flag, was the rated right so you know be, me going off of willie's wonderland and the banana splits movie i thought i think a lot of people were thinking this show is going to be r right but the moment they say right. it's pg2 yeah then the the um the, the creators themselves come out and say no we did a great we we did a great enough job to keep this pg-13 we you know we we, we kept we wanted to be this way it's still going to be scary nonetheless don't worry i know a lot of people are going to go into this expecting to be expecting this to be our and it's going to be this unrated version but no 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 this is a version that that it, this is how it's supposed to be you know what I, mean? I like that that was that was a big red flag for me right so but even with the PG-13 rated, it just did little to nothing to scare me, right? It just did nothing, right? right? Uh, but again, just going back to the whole concept on people, right? So yeah, you know, once you see the premise, what, what, once you just have this baseline idea of what the premise is, right? You know, guy has to work at this rundown um, uh, family entertainment center. He He's working nights, these arbitratic, uh creatures are there and they, uh, you know, they, they, they come to life, right? That's that's a recipe right there for a solid, you know, um, you know, spooky time at the at the movies, right? That that's what we want right. to see, right? And there's moments where you you do see that, right? So they, they I do like how they set up like atmosphere in Freddy's itself, right? In that area itself, right? Um, especially involving the the lead himself, um, uh, Mike, who is played by Josh Hutchinson, right? And no disrespect to Josh, right? I mean, I, I mean, I don't know much of his work, right? But he seems to be a really decent and competent actor, right? But yeah. like his character here was just so bland, uh, boy. Underwritten. Yeah, yeah, it's so underwritten. underwritten. Yeah, they terrible. set up this thing where he have well at, at first how it happened without spoiling how it happened, which it just come out of nowhere, right? But he have this anger management issue because we learn the you know earlier on in his childhood his um his 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 brother his little brother could kidnap and all that kind of stuff, but they yeah. linger on so much on that and I, I get what they're trying to say right I get that they want to make us sympathize the character oh he's burned by you know the 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 loss of his of his brother and oh you know now he's doing this weird dream logic thing which is kind of cool but they just happen it so much now where he's trying to solve the mystery by dreaming the same dream every night and all that kind of stuff but the problem with that now visually is that it just becomes so redundant and it's the same setting of a forest and he's there with yeah. his family and the brother yeah. is kidnapped and blah 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 right and then it goes even further now because you see these five kids 
shit show up out of nowhere and you know they're all moving weird so oh my god right so understand this it was set for halloween and it's, it's hollywood it's, it's horror right it's american horror right i have no problem with the ghost story right you know what i mean it's, it's a timeless right. trope when it comes to horror films right but oh my god the, the the weird kid who says nothing and runs away when you ask him a question and then when you yeah. show him in in oh gosh it's just so played out right and yeah it's so played out to the point that it's it's so like I don't know like I sorry you have to be like I don't know like how I I can't even call with with actual age right but the moment you see the five kids right and then you see the five animatronic creatures yeah you put two or two together I mean oh gosh this right. is not even a spoiler right the five kids themselves the spirits they are in those 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 creatures right okay wow right all right okay you have the setup there. But you get no scares from that point on, right? They do they do yeah. trial something here where you have these these idiots. I'm not gonna say why they're there, right? They're trying to to to, to stop Mike. That's all I was saying without spoiling anything. And they get killed. Like okay, that was that was, it. Just kind of come and uh, came and went basically, right? But right. you just there like wondering, well, okay, well, where are these scares gonna come in, right? And for me, it gets worse now because now because again we have to we have to expand on characters now. Mike have autistic sister now and she want to go she want to tag along with your brother for a night and this is thing this subplot that goes nowhere about you know him having custody over her and all that kind of stuff right and that led to these guys um going in to try to stop Mike and they get killed right that's all I see right but then they do this weird thing dread where she befriends the the creatures and then you realize that they themselves are being controlled by this bigger one. And then when you reveal who it is behind the scenes, again, like really, again, here's the problem. Really? Again, I'll stop. Again, here's the problem. Game format. Here's the thing. Uh-huh. This is a typical, typical trap you fall into, right? Video games, big video games, or popular video games, already pull from movies in their narratives because they have a solid narrative, and yet you're playing a video game at the same time. That's the experience. But once you try to transform that back into movie then you have to do something that references the game itself in the experience of the game. Yes. Because the game has to add something to the culture. They never do this, right? So here's a, a decent example, Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat, the game, pulled from Grand the Dragon, right? But it's a video game you're playing. So now when you come back and, and, and do something with, with Mortal Kombat in a movie, you have to pull not only from Enter the Dragon, because that's the story you're telling, but also, you have to pull stuff from the law of Mortal Kombat in meaningful ways. As in, hey, look at this cool thing from the game that's known from the game. A.K.A. the bicycle, bicycle kick from Mortal Kombat mm. video games. Right? Bicycle kick in the Mortal Kombat movie is pretty awesome. That's why that worked. I don't think Mortal Kombat is a perfect movie or this is a perfect example. But you get the point, right? Yeah, yeah, I do. I, do. I, I don't gather. I, again, I, because I never play the games, I never, I don't, but I'm not getting a sense that it's a unique or specific experience. Again, uh, some Five Nights at Freddy fanboy, somebody who plays even familiar with the material, could tell me where I'm wrong. Yeah. But I, at, when I was looking at this thing, at no point I got the sense that it was even trying to do this yeah. in that meaningful way. And, and then I, on top of that, no, uh, they're still they're still telling a half-ass horror story. Thank right? you. Yes, yes, yes. So there's a yes. few things for you before I get to read it, right? I don't want to talk too long about this, right? But yeah, you know, while I was watching this, right, I was trying, trying to care, boy. But yeah, I would admit, while I was watching this show, I kind of forgot at times that this was based off of a, of a video game. That it just felt like we're just taking these ghost story tropes from what you've seen yeah. countless times from other movies and almost to the point, to the point, right? 
that I myself was questioned, is this really from the game? We saw 45 right. kids disappearing. That's from the game? The, the reveal Apart. of who the main villain is, that's from the game? I, I couldn't... The lead, the is he from the game? I don't even know. I don't I know. Because, he, because the conversation around 5 and Freddy, not interesting. I couldn't get... I could not give a shit to look this up. Right? I, I watch a movie and I went on sleep. Right, yeah, yeah, me, me too. I actually watched yeah, this um well the Friday night when it dropped that, and I yeah. like legit just forgot about it the after. So I just pull it yeah, from memory. Right? Um, yeah. I'll, I'll wrap up here in a bit, right? But yeah, you know because he, because the story was just so uninteresting and just not scary, I just found myself kind of wondering, well, is this yeah. like is like uh, again the whole video game adapt adaptation story? Are they trying to build a story around what I assume was a simple premise from the game to make us care? Because it just felt totally different from from how I assume you know the game was not. But maybe yeah. I just had to watch a gameplay video for me to understand. But why should I have to right. go through all that though? Because even exactly. as somebody who never played the game, the show itself did not feel like it was from the game. It felt like a weird version of it. Like okay, like you have to justify everything that happens to the point that you just forget that it is from a game. You, you, you sort of dilute the story. You tell a different story in a sense, but with the same characters. That that's how it felt like to me, right? But if I could just give this a positive, right? Um, I, I did feel like direction-wise, um, well, this is from, let me see, this is from Emma Tammy, right? I'm assuming this is a debut feature or maybe this is some, like, another film that she did, right? I'm not familiar with her work. I thought that direction-wise, she did, she did a good job. She did a good job, right? Also, acting, not bad, not bad. Josh Hutchinson, not bad. Yeah. But it's just his character was just so bland. I just couldn't care for him, right? But not bad, not bad, right? But just... The promise of it, right? The promise of it being, because what I really wanted in any day was sort of like a haunted house kind of thing, right? You know, you 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 trapped there for you know you're there for five nights, and it's these creatures just doing spooky shit. That that's really what I wanted to see. I did not come to see oh Mike, you know, I did not come to see Mike you know, do this sort of dream logic thing and trying to figure out where his brother is. I didn't come for that. I didn't come for Mike trying to take care of he of his sister Abby and custody battles. I did not come for that. I did not come for, for, for people who point in figures at Mike and say, oh, you're doing a bad job of being a god and blah, blah, blah. That's where you have the police officer character of Vanessa, right? I didn't come for that. I came for somebody inside of this family place and weird animatronic creatures coming out and doing weird shit and probably killing a person too. That's what I came for. I did not get that. I, I got a little... I, I didn't even... I, I got a watered, bastardized version of that. And yeah, the end result was not just a dull and boring and uninteresting horror film. But yeah, probably one of the worst shows I've seen all year, man. And I don't know, again, like even though I am not uh, a FNF... And, F any a fan, um, yeah, I I just saw nothing in this though. Like I I didn't see what the big deal was with it at all, right? Um, I'll close this. Apparently, you're doing gangbusters. Um, you know, in the box office. So, I mean, that's that's cool. I'm glad oh, I'm making money. Fine. Okay, that that's yeah. nice. But that'll that'll change the fact that it's it just sucks, right? And again, I I should say this just as last thing as as written, right? The big red flag for me. I also remind me of um, Halloween Ends as well too, right? Where right. you're not just releasing this show theatrically, you know, you're also dropping this thing on Peacock a day after the movie release, right? That should have been the biggest 
red flag for me, Tread, because yeah, I, I feel sorry for anybody who's spending money to see this, but I feel so sorry for y'all, boy. And even worse for those who probably sat home and suffered through it like I did, boy. But I can't really say suffer. It was just me fighting sleep, trying to keep my eyes awake, trying to keep my eyes open, sorry, trying to stay interested. But I'm sorry, this was just a, a, a slog from start to end, man. So yeah, rating-wise, I'm going to give this a 2 out of 5. I, I want my money back. I know I didn't spend money to see it in cinema, but I still want my money back. Back. I want my time back. It took me about two and a half hours to watch. I kept taking breaks because I just found myself just being distracted. But I still want my time and my money back. But this was a was an utter disappointment, man. Anyway, your your final thoughts, Rated. Yeah, uh, this was just just for a flat for me. I mean, I couldn't I couldn't get into it. It not it not roped me into the world of the of the, the five nights where I was eating. Uh, it not really scratching any itches that I had in terms of like this kind of content for horror, and it, it does fall into the usual kind of dumb trappings for horror, in my humble opinion. So I was, I was, I, and I, the main problem is I was bored, right? I was simply bored, and I forget about it. Yeah, three out of ten. Right, right, right. So with all that being said, Ricardo, where can people find you online? Ah, Pasat Armadiddy. Is that Armadiddy on Blue Sky? Uh, get through there, and then maybe X, Twitter, 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 and then just type in Ricardo Medina on Facebook. You'll find me there. You ever saw of them on on the Twitter with a shitter, right? That's X, right? Yeah. Um, and on TikTok, right? But usually I'm on Instagram and YouTube and Facebook. The two, the last two of which you'll find excerpts from today's episode, along with other episodes of BBB Radio, Retrospect Reviews, BS Beats and Bailey, and Hip Hop Top 10, which by the way, um, the final episode is going to be dropping very soon. So look out for that. And uh, other stuff to look forward to. Um, this week is going to be pretty busy, boy, because... Um, not only do I kind of have to try right, to so catch up on Blue Eye Samurai and Onimusha cause those right. for the trailers, because the trailers for both look awesome. Um, Loki Season 2 is wrapping up. Uh, the Marvels right. is coming out this weekend. And right. I show that I am excited as hell for David Finch's The Killer is dropping on Netflix. Right. I can't wait to see that. I am going to love that show. I know that. Uh, no, I've, we said this before, you know, David Fincher, don't take no L's, but you, you find right. Mank is an L, so I don't know, but yeah, I, I am excited yeah, as yeah, all yeah, I didn't care for Mank, but yeah, that, that, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah I, I, I admire, I admire the, the, the old school tribute, the, the, the tribute to classic cinema, That that's pretty much it, but story-wise, I don't remember a single thing about it, right? And yeah, that's pretty much about it. So once again, guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you're listening to this. This was Matthew Bailey and... Ricardo Medina. And we're signing off for another episode of BBB Radio. So until the next one, take care, stay safe in and out. Peace.